wide, you feel no peace. Why'd you remain in this house, Joseph? What is in this house? Speak to John. John is with us. How did you die? Did you die in this house? Why do you remain in this house? Joseph, did you die in this house? What's up, everybody, and welcome to the HorrorCast. This is episode number six. We are recording this on Tuesday, March 8th, 2016. The HorrorCast is a bi-weekly horror movie and all things horror podcast, where each episode we review one older movie with spoilers, one newer movie without spoilers. We also provide new release updates, whether it be in theaters, on DVD, Blu-ray, all that good stuff. Maybe some convention news, some hot topics, and which horror-related things our bloody hands have picked up or ordered recently. I'm your host tonight, Walshy, podcasting from my padded room in the dark corners of good old Scranton, Pennsylvania. This episode, we will be reviewing 2015's We Are Still Here and 1980's The Changeling. As always, joining me this evening are my amazing horror buddies. First, hailing from Southern Maryland, the Mad Minister himself, Mark Nato. What's going on, buddy? Hey, what's up, Walshy? Glad to have you back. Yes, thank you. I, I apologize to the fans. Uh, I didn't make it last week. We'll get that back on track. That's okay. I just want the fans to know that Walshy has been docked his pay. Uh, I know. I'm yes, hurt. yes. I'm hurting. Absolutely. But I'm excited because this, um, this is right up my alley. Two uh, haunted house movies. And uh, looking forward to it. I just enjoy talking about this stuff. Oh, me too, buddy. Me too. Next, beaming in from the beautiful Los Angeles, California, we have YouTube's own Horror Gal. How's it going tonight, Horror Gal? Hey, I'm doing pretty good. I'm uh, surviving the rain. We've actually had rain here. It is beautiful right now, though, actually. So, <laughs> and I'm That's so awesome. looking. I'm so looking forward to these two movies. I really am excited to talk about them. Hey, let me ask you, is rain uh, like a, a random thing there? Yeah, I, it really is. I mean, I, I'm not from here, but I've lived here about nine and a half years. And I can count on two hands the number of times that we've had legit rain. And I know that in L.A., if it sprinkles or mist, they count that and they freak out and they send a reporter. and It's just it's crazy. Uh, and all of a sudden, no one knows how to drive anymore. Not that they really did to begin with. But um, 
but we actually had an actual thunderstorm the other, well, oh, the other oh, wow. night and morning. And I have only had that one other time since I've been here in all those years. So oh, it, it was pretty cool. I mean, in my particular area. That's crazy. Because we is. here in Southern Maryland, we have a thunderstorm a day, Every in, day in, right? in the spring and yeah. summer. And, yep. and, and where, where I grew up and spent the majority of my life, it was constant rain and thunderstorms too. So, yeah. I, you know, it's not news to me, but I actually, once you'd, you get annoyed by it when you have it all the time. And then when you don't, you're like, oh, this is cool. I miss this, you know? <laughs> so. Yes. Uh, yeah. Me too. In Pennsylvania, like the good old thunderstorm is the day to watch that horror movie. And all absolutely. Of you hear that rain beating on the house. It's dark out. You see them flashes of light. It adds so much. And hey, I'm glad you actually got a thunderstorm if they're that rare. <laughs> yeah. Well, and we need it because we're in a drought. So there you have it. Not oh, that yes. they're keeping any of that water, but hey. <laughs> oh, much needed. Okay. Mark Nato, you have some comments, reviews, anything for them? I do. I just wanted to give you a second, Walshy. You did not make last uh, episode's appearance, so they were your picks. And we didn't really like Extraordinary Tales. And I feel like you didn't get an opportunity to kind of go go to bat, so to speak, for Extraordinary Tales. So why don't you just give us a second, you know, of what you thought about Extraordinary Tales. And um, what was the other movie we did last week? Dracula. Right? Dracula. Just just a quick, I mean, don't don't yeah. go on forever, but I, we want to know, and I'm sure the listeners want to know what, what Walshy thought about those two movies. Okay, I'll just give you a quick what, what my thoughts are uh, boiled down on both films, and I'll give you my scores. How's that? I'll do Dracula first. Um, that movie, to me, is just pure art at its finest. I At first time I, I watched it, I shut it off. I didn't make it through it, which is so funny to me. I couldn't stand it. I wouldn't give it the chance. Oh. Yeah. Was, I, it, then, was, it, too, was it too sexy for you? It was too much, man. Too much. Um, just that opening, it was it was weird. Uh, I just I wouldn't give it the chance. Now, that I was in a different mind frame uh, back then when I did first watch it. And I finally get, sat down. I bought it on Blu-ray the one day. I even buy movies I hate because I, I, I feel like every movie needs that second chance. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing how many movies I've changed my opinion on. And Dracula is one of the top ones. It, it was probably a four to me originally. And now I could give Dracula a nine. That's how much I love that film. Just every scene in that film has something going on that's it's just a breakdown of the art and how much Coppola put into that film is astonishing. From the backgrounds, uh, the set design, the sound design, don't get me wrong, it has its, uh, what knocks it down a point for me is that CGI and that weird Reinfeld character and setting. Mm-hmm. That yeah. threw it off for me, so that lost a point. But everything else, I absolutely love about that film. So that was it for Dracula. I, I gave that a 9 and a, a, a must buy. So, Extraordinary Tales, I, I was kind of surprised you guys didn't like it as much, but hey, to each their own, and I guess it comes down to me being, I'm such a fan of animation, even, not just from being a child, everybody watches their cartoons and everything, but I try and really seek out animation, uh, that's that's more for the adults, uh, I, as they call it, anime, Japanese anime, there's a lot of uh, adult-themed animation movies, uh, mm-hmm. series, which are some fantastic stuff, so... Me, it goes back to probably one of my first loves as a horror movie fan, and I think everybody has the same feeling with Poe. I mean, 
Edgar Allan Poe is one of the main reasons we have horror today. And just, I, I really enjoyed the different sections and how different they all were and telling that same story in a different light with animation blew my mind. Uh, the one thing I will say is the Bella Lugosi one is so hard to hear. Mm-hmm. You can't, Yeah, I, I agree with you guys on that. It's actually almost too... They, they, maybe they shouldn't have added that. It should have been maybe like a special bonus feature. Because I, I think that's a main reason why people will knock that film. Because it's, it's what, the second one or... Yeah, and it yeah, knocks it's the second. it down. Yeah. yeah, it knocks it down. You're like, oh, man, what is going on here? I can't even hear what this guy's saying. And it's just having all those stars together. Just something about my love for animation, Edgar Allan Poe. So it might be just a nostalgia base, but I give that actually an 8.5. That's how much I love that film. So that's it. Uh, that, that was a purchase for me, too. So thanks for letting me get my say in. And, you know, that's it. No problem, man. I mean, we're not always going to agree on everything, but that's that's the good part about you know having three hosts because you know there's something for everybody. I know there's some uh, some guys on on Facebook on our Facebook page that were really you know into that particular movie, extraordinary right. tales, and I mean that's great. Right. I have yeah. no problem, man. Different folks for different strokes. That's right. Or different strokes for different strokes. folks. One of those. Yeah. You but got it. Uh, yeah. But uh, I just wanted to go through a couple um comments, new reviews that we got, and we actually got an email that I wanted to read. But um we did get a new iTunes review uh from Ryan Scorpius uh Martinez. It says, I'm glad these guys and gal are back. The horror cast are a group of three friends who discuss two horror movies, an episode, one older movie. Filled with spoilers and one newer movie, spoiler-free. Each episode is full of the group, dissecting the movies apart and discussing interesting tidbits about each movie and the genre. I look forward to see where this podcast will go in the future. Uh, So are we. So are we, and that's a five-star rating. Thank you so much, uh, Ryan. And I know Ryan is active on our our, uh, Facebook page, too. Yes, he's very active. He's such a cool dude. Ryan, thanks, man. Shout out to you. Yes, thank you very thank much. Thank you, Ryan. And again, we really appreciate it. Yeah, anytime that you put a, a five star review on on the iTunes, uh, it just makes us more visible. Uh, Absolutely. And, and uh, I had announced last last episode that we had about five hundred uh, individual subscribers, and that we're now up over six hundred and sixty. And and so we've gotten. 150 new subscribers just in the, in the last couple of weeks. And um, so I'm really excited. We're I told I was sharing with Walshy. We're uh, being downloaded in like 12 or 13 different countries right now. We've got people listening in Australia and UK and Ireland and, and uh, Saudi Arabia, <laughs> uh, which is crazy. It really uh, is. Yeah. Czech Republic. Um, and uh, what else did I say? France. And uh, so it's just awesome, of course, United States and Canada, but we don't count, right? <laughs> we don't count ourselves. No, no. Uh, but uh, yeah, so just uh, thanks, we appreciate that. Uh, Brandon Skaggs on uh, Facebook says, "Hey guys and gal, glad I found your new podcast. You guys are doing a great job. Was a fan of your previous podcast. I don't remember that. Me sorry. neither. Um, <laughs> keep up the good work. I'm sorry, it's post traumatic stress syndrome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We all yeah. have PTSD. <laughs> right. We're gonna have to start a secondary channel. <laughs> I know. Uh, and he said he picked up Hal based on our recommendation, and he thought it was a great werewolf film. Awesome. Looking forward to future episodes." Very good, very good. Thank you, man. Yes. Oh, it's good to hear that. Thank you. And um wanted to say that uh, we had a 
couple comments from Dave Z. Dave Z. What's up, Dave Z? Dave Z. The, de- the now defunct banana laser, but he, he's on the skeleton crew. I, I am a fan of Dave Z. He's got he's a very uh, eclectic person, and I love his takes on a lot of films. I actually think the same way as him and review movies kind of similar to him. So Dave Z, I've been talking to him through text. Um, Dave actually wants to come on too, guys. That's news to you. Oh, yeah. He wants to hop on for an episode, and I think that's a great idea. So thanks, Dave. Shout out to you, man. Yeah, I'd, lo- I'd love uh, to listen to uh, uh, anything that he's on because uh, I really have been enjoying. Well, they have a new – he's got a brand new uh, episode or a new uh, podcast out called Exploding Heads. Yes. A podcast which you know we would recommend to go check out. Uh, very similar to ours, just guys – Talking about movies uh, and and not a whole lot else, right? <laughs> and then and gal, why do I keep saying guys? I mean, uh, you know, and gal. It's it's just a thing. <laughs> it is it is a thing. Yeah, from now on, you know, Susan, it's, it's, you're just one of the guys. That's, yeah, that's it. it. It's International Women's Day. Today. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, just call me no, suffragette. No, uh, really, no, really, it is. That's why I'm I laughing because when you said that, I thought, oh my god, of all the times for you to say something like that, it's such like, a male. That's it's hilarious. But uh, anyway, Dave Z says I've been enjoying the show as a horror podcast addict and a host myself. There aren't too many I subscribe to. But you guys have been good right out of the gate. Keep up the good work, and I'll be participating more often. So, and he also shares my like of the movie Clown, and does yes. stand. Oh, yeah. It has not received a release yet in the United States. It's really so, ridiculous how it's not out. Um, no. I didn't tell you I watched that. Finally watched it. Did you what like it? a movie! What I'm, a movie! I love it. It is amazing. uh, I could just, we need to review that film because the way they do the whole clown and twist it upside down. Yeah. Oh, and the backstory. I mean, the the only reason that I haven't picked it is because it's not readily available. I mean, we could just send people to YouTube uh, to watch it, but I mean, not everyone wants to do that. You know what I'm saying? But I'm just like, I don't understand what is the problem. And it's an Eli Roth-produced film, which should have been out, you there's, know. There's something weird going on. Something's going on. I don't know. I don't know what uh, the there, There's a lot of weird stuff going on right now with horror movies, though. There is. I mean, like, a, a, lot, of, a lot of stuff with, with licensing. A lot. I mean, there's just a lot of weird stuff going on. Right? Yeah, Amityville, Halloween, uh, the next installment that they were going to do. I mean, there's just – I've noticed that there's a lot of stuff with getting stuff cleared and uh, – I don't know. I wonder if it has something to do with that. I don't know. I don't it know. Might be. Dave Z said he's he's texted and tried to find out, and, and they he doesn't get any response. So I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, um, that's a shame. Yeah. So uh, Andy Usury, who who won the horror grab bag, which I sent out this week, so hopefully he's getting that. Yes. Uh, I threw in a Blu-ray and, and five horror DVDs and wow. something in there that uh, that uh, he he likes. Uh, he says, uh, "Hey, Mark Nito, since you enjoyed the witch, which I did." <laughs> check out the blood on satan's claw it's a classic <laughs> 70s folk horror story similar to the witch good movie oh yes. and I, I haven't I, seen that one yes and I, I uh i found it on the internet and i don't know if i can order it even dvd or blu-ray if it's on blu-ray or what yeah there, a blue there's a blu-ray that was released i think last year and oh man either olive films or, or massacre or kino one of those Released it, so they did a. I know they did a good job with it. I haven't picked it up, but I did see that film, and I think you'd like it. 
Well, uh, if you want to check that out, check that out. And also Andy's uh, blog, uh, blackcatshadow.com. And he does some reviews and he reviewed that on there. Um, and then I, um, Vincent David, who's one of our listeners, and yes, uh, and I mentioned him before in his in his uh, blog, which oh, what is that blog? His that? blog is incredible. This yeah. guy knows how to write. I want to I want to give him another shout out. Where's his blog? It's there. It's there. There's so many blogs, but this guy stands out, man. He he really knows what he's talking about, and he's very active with us as well. Yeah, and yeah. we appreciate that. Yeah, he knows what he's talking about, and he in he has a way with words. He's real good. He and does. I just wanted to read this this paragraph he he wrote about um our review and, and his take on Dracula, which I thought was good, and he brought a couple things up. He said. I first saw Bram Stoker's Dracula as an adolescent, and the eroticism and melodrama really affected me. I watched it again a few years ago and still found certain scenes to be poetically and expertly rendered, but it definitely felt creaky in places. You see what I mean? This guy's got away with words. He does. Uh, Keanu is like a tear in a beautiful canvas. Amen, brother. Yeah, that's the number one problem. Yeah, no matter how appealing the painting, you can't help but stare at that one blemish. (laughs) Other performances are serviceable. (laughs) Old Men is the only true standout. Uh, You guys had mentioned the sunglasses and typewriter, and I don't know if you've read the book, but Stoker incorporated the latest technology in his story as a sort of juxtaposition of the ancient evil which Dracula represented. I think Coppola does this part well, especially in his use of the silent film in the theater scene, which was great. Silent films were just beginning when Stoker published Dracula in 1897. And the film Coppola uses the train coming in is appropriate as that footage supposedly terrified moviegoers at the time. And you know what? That's um, I was thinking that I was as I was watching, if that was the, the infamous train coming in to the station, that was kind of like the first uh, movie that a lot of people had seen because they... They weren't sure what right. was happening. They hadn't seen a movie before, and the train was coming at them. They were like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and I wasn't sure if that was it, but that, it looks like it was. Uh, and it terrified moviegoers at the time. And he says, additionally, I see the film as sort of a love letter, not only to older film technique, techniques, but also to the depiction of Dracula in cinema from 1922's Nosferatu on. You can see elements of Max Schreck. Bella Lugosi and Christopher Lee and Oldman's various Dracula uh, iterations as visuals yep. and dialogue is taken piecemeal from the different times. So I definitely, uh, those were great points, and I just wanted to read that because I thought it was worthy of being read. Sure was. That's yes. fantastic. And uh, if if I find your 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 blog again, I'll, I'll, I'll you know I'm I'm sure that we're going to shout it out again, and and I know. Uh, I need to to give him an email because I'd, I'd yeah. like to have him on. I want him on myself. Yeah, I think he's... Uh, yeah. yeah, that was spot on. Yeah. Yep. And then uh, we actually got an email, and this is from Vince729. Uh, hello, Vince729. says, what's up, HCast gang? Thanks for your show. Really been enjoying listening to a horror movie cast that doesn't ramble on about other stuff, like what beer you're drinking, and bleep like that. <laughs> <laughs> this, this, this is uh, this is a, a clean podcast, so we, we have to bleep that. Uh, I have a question and a request. First of all, what is your favorite Vincent Price movie? And this is weird that he says this because we've been talking about Vincent Price. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a big fan of his, and uh, I'm always looking to hear different viewpoints on his movies. My request is that you review one of my favorite movies of all time, Fade to Black from 1980. Okay. And I know what he's talking about. I've never seen it. 
I haven't okay. either. Uh, oh, so, yeah, that's a good I, I've heard of it, too. So just if you get around to it, uh, no big deal. Keep up the great work, and I'll keep listening. Vince729. Um, just real quick, favorite Vincent Price movie for me is Theater of Blood. Oh, that's, yeah, I, I don't know. It, you put me on the spot, buddy, but um, <clears throat> Theater of Blood, I don't know if it gets any better than that. So, Mark, I'm going to double in on that. Yeah. I also like um, Witchfinder General. But it's not, it's not scary to me. It's not like hard. It's more of adventure to me. Right. Um, but I, I enjoy The Last Man on Earth a lot because it's just him. It could be a boring movie to many people, but it's just one actor, and he holds that whole movie throughout with no other people. It's unbelievable. He's Vincent Price, so exactly. exactly. <laughs> I, I'm a huge, huge Vincent Price fan, so I. It's too hard for me to pick one, so I always just go back to the first one that I ever saw for sentimental reasons, which was House on Haunted Hill. That's always my favorite, just because that was the first one, and it really just drew me to him. Such a good movie. Yeah, is there a bad one? <laughs> you know, No, no, there's not. If he's in it, and I don't care what it is, even if like Edward Scissorhands would have been the worst movie ever made, which it's not. It's fabulous, and I love it. But just the moments that he's in there would make it worth seeing, so... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he's that. He's that. He's just that caliber of an actor. I yeah, mean, I mean, I, I would say that I even enjoy the uh, Brady Bunch episode that he was on. <laughs> Remember that? I've Remember never that? seen that. Oh yeah, he. That's when they went to Hawaii, and he was like in the cave or something. I don't. I haven't seen it in years. But he was like a creepy like professor in in in, in some cave, and he kidnapped Bobby, and oh, it was crazy. You're going to tell me where you found that idol because wherever it was, there's bound to be more. We already told you back in Honolulu. I want the truth. You're somebody's children, aren't you? Yep. And we'd like to keep it that way. Precisely why you're going to tell me where you found that idol. Now you think about it while I go reheat my beans. <laughs> Thing yeah, we gotta get out of here. You know, but he was still Vincent Price. You can't mean. But anyway, I was gonna say, it's crazy that uh, Vince seven two nine wrote that in because we had just talked about a couple weeks ago in May. Uh, we want to do a Vincent Price episode where we each uh, review uh, our top two favorite Vincent Price movies. So we would review six movies. And um, because we all like Vincent Price, and I think his birthday is May, beginning of May, but it, it would be his 105th birthday if he were still living. So we're we're definitely going to get a little bit more uh, into Vincent Price and some some more older classic horror. And then uh, Fade to Black, I've never seen it. It's it's uh, I've heard about it. It's it's kind of like a mystery horror like serial killer. And the guy's obsessed with like Marilyn Monroe or something. I'm not. Yeah, it's like a stage play, and there's like a Dracula, the Mummy. It's it, you got to watch it. Um, it, it's it's for some reason it's another licensing issue where it won't be uh, brought back out, and it's out of print on DVD, and it goes for crazy money. Oh. Well, I'm not sure how we'd see it. <laughs> so, yep. I mean, unless it's on YouTube. I don't know if it's on YouTube. or. We'll... I don't know, but we'll have to look into that. We'll, we'll look at it and look for it. And if we can, we'll do it. But, uh, you know, from there, I don't know. And, uh, and I just wanted to give a blurb. Uh, we had a couple people ask. Uh, I did go on a 
ghost tour uh, at Gettysburg. Uh, I, I live, I don't know, hour and a half, two hours from Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, and uh, took my son up there for a, a Cub Scout. I don't even know what it was. It was some sort of a, um, uh, it was a sledding and, and skiing trip. That's right. And uh, one of the other parents and I, we were like, you know what? We've always wanted to go on one of these Gettysburg ghost tours just at the last minute on a whim. And we went, and I forget what it was called, Fairfield Inn or something. It's called America's Most Haunted Inn. It is uh, up in the attic is where the sharpshooters would lay down and shoot people from, you know, right up on the perch. There's bullet holes all over the, the front of the building because people were shooting back. And the, the cellar of this place was the creepiest place, man, because they used it as a morgue. Ooh. For, for all of the, uh, oh you, wow, you know, for all the the, the bodies during the Battle of Getty, <sighs> and um, it was just like dirt floor, dark. The only thing down there was like a, a candle, and and the guy would, you know, tell us stories and things of the different. There are fifteen, um, I guess, confirmed spirits in that house that have made contact or whatever, and cool, people cool. have all kinds of stories. And we went up in the attic and. And uh, he told more stories and, and that kind of thing. And I I just really enjoyed it. I just enjoy that kind of stuff. I really do. Uh, I know there are also walking tours, which you can walk all around some of the battlefields and, and people will tell stories and people will, will say, oh, I, you know, we saw a, a soldier, you know, off in the distance smoking or something. You know, I didn't see any spirits <laughs> or anything, but it was just the atmosphere was awesome. That, that daggone cellar was just creepy i mean it was so cold down there just a little light and this guy telling the story and there's actually one section behind this door that you're not allowed to go in because um it was even it was even blessed by a priest and see oh wow because of like a lot of crazy stuff they think that somebody broke in and did like a a ouija board or something in there and brought some you know, evil spirits. And I don't, you know, and, and some people don't believe in that or whatever, but it was just creepy down there. You know, you get to a place and you get a feeling of just creepiness. Uh, the attic for me, not so much, but that cellar. Mm, no, I don't want to go back in there <laughs> and I definitely don't want to be down there alone. Yeah. That uh, sounds like an awesome experience. Yeah. So if you, if you ever get to Gettysburg, that is one of the, um, you know, it's one of their things, man, is, is ghost tours, Go go and check it out. It was definitely worth it. Um, if you have any other questions or whatever, let me know and and I'll uh, and I'll let you know. But uh, uh, yeah, I, I definitely recommend it, and, and glad that I that I went. And uh, you know, wish I would have seen a ghost, but right, that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. So very very cool. And that's my ghost tour. And let's move on. Very cool, man. That's very something cool. I want to do like bad. I want to go to Gettysburg. I mean, talk about real life horror. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't oh, know. Oh, yeah, like worse than Getty's the battle in Gettysburg. Uh, I don't think you're so. Pennsylvania, but I mean, how far are you? You're, you're, it's, it's about three hours. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah. Nope, guys. What do you say we do? What's in your mailbox, or what have you been watching? I'm going to hop in first here. 
because I wasn't on the last two episodes. I mean, the last episode. So if I did all my movies that I picked up, we'd be here an hour. So I'm just going to do what I got in the last week. And here we go. I did pick up We Are Still Here on Blu-ray because everybody's been recommending it. And obviously, I pick up most of the movies that we do review. I picked up The Changeling, which I got on DVD. Uh, I think it's a... A bootleg, but I got it on Amazon, which is really strange. Do you guys know if it's out of print or not? No, I've got an, I've got a copy of it on DVD. I don't think it's been out on on Blu-ray though. No, it's not. Okay, it's yeah. not been out on Blu-ray. But okay, so I picked up the two movies that we are reviewing. Then I'm digging deep here, and I was looking for some fun horror comedy stuff, and I've been wanting to pick these films up forever. The director is his name is Larry Blamer. Blamir, and this guy makes some of the funniest. Uh, he's made what he does is he actually makes fun of those terrible five hundred dollar budget nineteen fifties horror movies, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he shoots it straight, and it is so funny to me. I love this guy's movies, and I picked up all three of his movies. So I picked up the Lost Skeleton of Cadavera, then I got. The Lost Skeleton returns again, and <laughs> and that one's just as good, if if not better. And Shout Factory actually released that sequel. And then his newer one, uh, Dark and Stormy Night, which is so good. It's the perfect uh, whodunit old dark house film. And, man, it, it get me giggling. So I'm glad I got finally got those, and I will definitely be watching them. I recommend picking up any of those three. Uh, if you're going to pick up just one of them, I would say get uh, The Lost Skeleton Returns Again. You don't need to see the first one. It's one of those type of deals. It has the same actors, but they're all like twins of the people of the original. It's so funny. <laughs> but he, so uh, funny. Is, he, is he the modern day Ed Wood? He is absolutely. <laughs> that's perfect. Bingo. Cool. That is perfect. Then I'm also on this uh, heavy metal horror movie binge, I guess. So I've been picking up a co- quite a few of these uh, on DVD, and this is another one that's been out of print. I got the knockoff, you, you know, but Trick or Treat with uh, oh, Gene I Simmons. love that movie uh, with Skippy. Skippy, Skippy. Why aren't there any girls that like me? You have to be patient, Skip. This, <laughs> I guys, I love this movie. Oh yeah, I I remember watching that over and over again on VHS when I was uh in middle school. Oh yeah, absolutely. It, it is such. Movie. It is, isn't it? It's such a fun movie. Mm-hmm. And is it? Isn't that the one that's got uh, Gene Simmons and Ozzy Osbourne make some uh, yeah. appearances in there? Yeah, it's funny yeah. because they have them on the cover and the poster, and they're not in it that. And they're long. barely oh, it, in it. Yeah. Oh, it's just cameo. So, Gene it's like Simmons yeah. is a DJ and Ozzy yes. is like an evangelist, which is hilarious. Yeah, I, I love it. I love mm. that film. Uh, I'm glad I, re- I, you know, I got a chance to rewatch it finally because I haven't seen it for in years. Then I picked up. Synapse's release of Rock and Roll Nightmare to keep going on with my heavy metal. Did you guys ever see yeah. Rock and Roll Nightmare? That's I've, another one. I've never seen that one. It's I've just seen like it, but I can't. It's been so long. Oh, really good, fun movie. Synapse did a heck of a job releasing this. Tons of special features. Crazy metal band with uh, demons and, uh, you know, all that good stuff. I guess what kicked it off for me was Deathgasm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I guess that's what did it. And I just ordered Black Roses, so that should be here. That's another 80s. Oh, yeah. Yep. Okay, and I picked up, I can't believe this got released on Blu-ray. 
Highway to Hell. This movie, I can't even explain to you how crazy it is and i'm gonna shout out johnny krug from kruger nation horror podcast this is his all-time favorite movie with this between this and the burbs he loves this movie the guys please write it down and watch this movie highway to hell i will even ship it to you uh <laughs> and you guys could throw it to each other whoever wants to watch it next or first or whatever that's how bad i want you guys to see this film is this uh this from 1991 Yes, it is absolutely bonkers. Oh my gosh, Gilbert Gottfried is in it. It is bonkers, and I am not <laughs> going to tell you how many people are in this that are huge stars today. You're not going to believe it. And they're oh, that's on so all. cool. It's, it's amazing. Highway to Hell, got that was released from Kino Lorber, which is doing a fantastic job of releasing some genre stuff. Um, that's probably one of my favorite pickups. Now... Yeah, I still am going here. I have a couple more. This is just from last week. I, I have a problem, guys. Um, <laughs> please, please send money to uh, <laughs> yeah. Walshy, his habit. <laughs> I Would you like that. my direct deposit? <laughs> I know. I need something because, you know, but I need them. I need them. It's my drug. Hey, it's not a bad thing to, to, to have as an addiction uh, movies. I'd rather that than to be something bad for me. You That's, know? Right. Yeah. That's right. That's um, right. I picked up finally – Serpent in the Rainbow came out from Scream Factory. Oh, yeah. yeah. And their cover art. Come on. Oh, oh, my God. How good is that cover art? Yeah. I need, it's to, get amazing. That. I need to get that. It's probably one of the best cover arts. The colors. There's every color on in the rainbow put onto this cover art. Um, sadly, it is Wes Craven's last movie released by Scream Factory. They released many of his films, even Deadly Blessing. I mean, they did a ton of them. Uh, so, and guess what? I haven't seen this since I was a child. So I really am going in almost blind. Yeah, I haven't seen it in quite a while, but I remember it being a good movie. I mean, it's it's not a, you know. A Nightmare on a, Elm Street. No, it's not a jump scare type thing. It's it's an atmospheric type of real voodoo type uh, zombie th- stuff. And, uh, yeah, it, it's pretty unsettling. Yeah. Did, did you guys hear what Wes Craven even said? I mean, about weird stuff happening actually when they were filming and and all oh. of that. I mean it's oh yeah, you guys have to have to see um I can't even remember what it it was like one of those documentaries about horror directors and he was talking about it and some really weird stuff happened actually to the cast and crew while they were filming. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's really I mean I remember when I saw it when I was young, it scared the crap out of me. I mean, in like a really make your skin crawl kind of way. Yeah. And I honestly I don't I don't I think I've seen it maybe once since and that was years ago. Wow, so you're in the just, same boat. Yeah, it really made me like bleh. <laughs> cool. I'm excited. I'm really excited to watch that. I'm so happy Scream Factory released that. So, and you know, they're going to do a heck, they did a heck of a job with it. So, okay. Uh, I got four more here, and they're all Scream Factory. So, I got. It's just the- a light week for you. <laughs> yeah. But you guys, but come on, let's be real. Okay. Scream Factory is my favorite. It's like every, I don't even care. It could be a movie that I think has no value whatsoever. And I'll be like, if Scream Factory puts it out, I'm buying it because I want to know, I want to see it. They do the artwork. They have all the extra special features. It always looks good and sounds good. So it's like, you know, they're amazing. You literally, you, you just said exactly what I would say. Uh, do you know how many 
of Screen Factory's movies I blind bought that I had no idea about the movie. Just I trust them that much. I built such trust with them. Yep, it's, me too. Yeah. Me too. And this is one of them. The Curse uh, double feature. The Curse and The Curse to the Bite. Uh, I love their double features, and it's on Blu-ray. That one's going to be fun. I know it's going to be. It's your I do too. Quill Wheaton. <laughs> yeah. With his Walshie cool cause... whip. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Walshie, because I know you like horror comedies and stuff too. Did you get their double feature that had uh, Once Bitten? Oh, yeah. I have Very every young Jim Carrey. Feature. Yeah. I, I love that. I forget which other movies I'm with it, though, but I have that. I have also. every single double feature um, from Scream Factory now. Okay. Uh, Vincent Price, From a Whisper to a Scream. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, that is uh, Amicus, if I'm not mistaken. I think Amicus made that. And they were like the knockoff of Hammer Horror back in the day, and they made some great stuff, Vincent Price. They would switch the big star roles from Hammer movies, and Amicus would do them. So that one I'm super stoked to watch. And I also picked up I, Madman, which is a amazing movie i love that film so much i recommend it to you listeners out there if you've never seen it pick it up it's a really fun movie it has some great stuff in it i madman and finally i picked up um nightmares from screen factory that just released also this one uh i don't remember seeing it i think i i don't remember ever seeing it but it's another blind buy i know i'll like it i'll update you guys and let you know what i thought Woo! so that's it for my uh (laughs) <laughs> My light week, as you said. Uh, who, who's going to come in next here? What about uh, Mark Nato? What do you got? Well, again, I'm poor. Oh, no, you're not. And I'm uh, <laughs> just kidding. But um, I haven't purchased anything, but I've done a lot of VOD purchasing. And So uh, you did purchase. <laughs> I did. I did. And uh, and there are a couple of these I'm going to go out and and actually buy the, the real uh, physical copy because – that's, awesome. what I, that's what I like to do. But I did uh, check out a, a new movie called Emily. I heard of this. Which is, it's basically a crazy evil babysitter uh, who... Oh, is takes, it like, is, I'm sorry, is it like the hand that rocks the cradle? No, no, this is this all just oh, takes okay. place in one night. Uh, the, the premise is, is parents, these parents um, going out for their anniversary, they have three kids... Uh, two kind of small kids and one that's like 11 or 12 and their normal babysitter is not able to babysit. So they recommend one of her friends or whatever. And the girl shows up and, and I'm not going to spoil anything, but let's just say she's not all she seems to be. And uh, it's, (laughs) it's crazy. It's, it's not, it's not like a, a, a real, crazy crazy movie but some of the things that that happen are just disturbing especially since it's happening to children and uh i I enjoyed the movie it's not you know i'm not gonna say well wow this is gonna be in my top 10 of 2016 but i think it's worth a rental i also did watch i know last episode i mentioned this new uh frankenstein movie by director bernard rose i believe his name was that how was it Excellent. No way. Dude, I had oh, it in my really? hands. Yeah, excellent. I, uh, I had it in my hands at Walmart, and I put yep. it back. Going to go buy it. Gonna okay, go buy I'll it. pick it up. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it's got Tony Todd in it. It's got... Um, really? Yeah, Tony oh, Todd's in it. I didn't know it. he was in it. Yeah, and it's got uh, Carrie Ann Moss awesome. from the Matrix trilogy. It's a it's a, a retelling, and it's in modern day. And it's, it's, I mean, it's a little different, but 
I really like it, and I think cool. uh, I think you'll like it too. So I would I would say go ahead and and rent that. If you're a Frankenstein fan, just buy it. You know, if you don't if you don't like it, send it to me. <laughs> uh, I watched a found footage kind of POV movie that I've been hearing about uh, for a while. It's called You Are Not Alone. This was a really good movie. It's about a girl who uh, is being stalked, and it's kind of like a like a POV type thing and uh kind of reminds me of, of a lot of the uh the stalker you know michael myers-esque type stuff that uh that i like so i would recommend that and then i watched two two crazy movies online that i just have to i have to say i don't even know if you would consider them horror but i watched one called gun woman have you ever heard of this i have not Oh my gosh! Nope, <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> nope. <laughs> this, this was crazy. Uh, basically, you got this um, the scientist who who buys this girl, and he trains her to be an assassin, and he like like implants different like weapons and guns in her body, and like what? <laughs> huh? And like she goes to escape or whatever, and it's just like. Can I just say, like, full frontal naked fighting? Um, (laughs) Just, I mean, like, literally, like, kung fu, martial arts type (laughs) action fighting while she's buck naked. I'm just like, who in the world thought about this movie, thought this movie up? Uh, It's crazy. I think uh, the guys over on Modern Horrors podcast, that was one of their favorites of last year. <laughs> Even though I think it was made in 2014, it didn't really come out in 2015. And, and uh, yeah, it's it's really crazy. And I watched Blood Punch, which is from 2014, and, and it stars the, um, uh, the guy that's the main character in uh, Deathgasm. That's why I wanted to watch it, because I liked him in, in that uh, – that movie and that's a real good movie um, that goes some places that you don't expect. It's, it's a little, little crazy also. So gun woman and blood punch. And I, I really, I really haven't been buying a whole lot, but I am definitely uh, going to go to, uh, I, I, there's a, there's a place in college park, Maryland, which is uh, near where I live. And it's just called uh, CD Depot, but they have tons of just, out of print horror movies and that kind of stuff. And really? um, yeah. And there's also a place in Baltimore called Soundgarden, and they have, they have all the screen factory stuff, the awesome. synapse stuff. They've, they've got it there in stock. So I, I like to go, I'm just that kind of guy. I mean, I like to go and, and hold it in my hands and, and even support these local businesses. But I haven't been to those places in a while. And I think I'm, I'm itching to get back and, and get some physical copies of stuff. So but that's awesome. what I've been watching. How about okay. you, Susan? Um, I picked up, and I'm I'm the same way that you are. I there's a local place here that has everything from brand new CDs and vinyl to used vintage stuff, DVDs, Blu-rays, everything. They oh. even have cassettes. They even have 45s. They have everything. So I kind of recycle some of the stuff that, that I don't want or that I didn't enjoy, and then I get other things. And if I'm looking for stuff, I like you said, I'm supporting a small business, and it's great, and they're all legal copies and all that good stuff. So um, I picked up Audrey Rose. I don't know if you guys have heard of Audrey Rose, but I think it's from like around maybe like 1980 as well, but it's Anthony Hopkins. 
Um, his daughter dies and he believes that she has been reincarnated in this girl who is having like night terrors. And it's just, I can't really describe it without seeing it, without somebody seeing it. But it's just, if you like that late seventies, early eighties, um, the kind of mystery horror, uh, where it's kind of a combo. Sort of um, like I, the changeling? I feel like the changeling, yeah. I feel like the changeling is like that. Then you're going to like this. And if you're an Anthony Hopkins fan, definitely a purchase. I picked up Creepshow on Blu-ray. I just didn't have it on Blu-ray. So I'm, yes. starting, to, I'm starting to try to get stuff on Blu-ray that I didn't have on Blu-ray. Um, I picked up Hatchet 2 on Blu-ray because awesome. I love Daniel Harris, and that's a great movie. And um, I also picked up – oh, I – I haven't actually received it yet, but the Grindhouse pieces. Oh, I, I got yep. mine. I didn't mention Did it. Did you? Yeah, you it's right here. It? It's I right can't here. believe you didn't mention it. I, I can't believe it. mine yet. Yeah. yeah I, you know what, though, Susan? I didn't open mine yet because... Uh, did you see if you were one of the first, like, I forget what number, a couple hundred, you get the actual puzzle from the movie in the box? Yeah, I didn't. Okay, but I, I or at least my, I don't I don't think so. I mean, you don't I'm know though. Sure. Yeah, you don't know. I don't know because I didn't get it yet. I mean, I and, didn't receive it yet. And the thing is, you have to open it to know. I didn't even open it yet. I just got that. Sorry. So there's another one that I forgot. Not to just hop in on your. Uh, oh break. no, no, that's fine. And I mean, it's got the soundtrack in there too. So I mean, you can't go wrong. Oh, I mean, Grindhouse is incredible. I mean, and they did the Beyond just a yeah. little couple months ago. Grindhouse knows what they're doing. Yes, so that's one I picked up, and I can't wait. I well, mean, we talked about pieces. Well, <laughs> open it up already and see if you got the nudie puzzle. <laughs> I, I think I'm about to do it on air. It's right in front of me. Oh, I that should. would be great. That would be great to see if you – let's have the unveiling. Because mm-hmm. I only picked up one other thing, which is um, someone's watching me, John Carpenter. It was actually a made-for-TV movie. It had yeah, yeah, I got that Warren too. Hutton in it. And, um, but I did not actually own it on DVD. I had seen it, but I did not own it, so I picked that up too. Drum, is, he oh, do, is he doing it? Is he, he going to open it on air? Sorry, guys. I just ran and grabbed it so. ladies and gentlemen okay now just wait we have to get do the disclaimer okay so diabolicdvd.com for grindhouse releasing the the three disc pieces limited edition set or i think it's limited edition but the first what was it like just a couple hundred had a puzzle in it just like the, from the movie. kid slash killer from the movie that actual puzzle was supposed to be included as well now, movies. some people got it. Some people didn't. So if you're listening and you haven't ordered it yet and you order it now, you're not going to get the puzzle. I'm just saying. But it oh, doesn't, I'm nervous. But it doesn't, it doesn't make it any less. No, 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 no. Yeah, absolutely. But here we go. Oh, my right, God. Dr- I'm roll. cutting it open. I am Drum cutting roll, it open. Please. I'm a, such a weirdo collector that I, when I get a nice box set case like this, I only cut open enough of the plastic so the DVD could slide out. I leave it covered so it doesn't ruin it. Yes. Oh, my goodness. I mean, if you guys saw my collection, I have every single movie in pristine. Like, I, I don't even want to finger on it. I'm crazy with it. I am OCD. crazy. Okay. I just got that flap open here. And I don't know where it would be at. Okay, there's the I, – I, I got the – I don't know if I got it, guys. I got the soundtrack here, yeah. which is awesome. That's a little slipcase. Let's open the disc. Wow, what an amazing package, by the way. I got it. You oh, did? I got it. Oh, my God. I got it. That this is, is awesome. so exciting. Now, are you going to put it together? How, how big together. is it? 
Oh, okay, it actually sounds together. bad to say on the air. How big is the puzzle? <laughs> Susan, we'll do that. You off can air. edit. You can edit that. How big is the puzzle? No, because you how know big that is the some, package. That some person out there will edit out saying how big is it and, and try to make it a thing. Uh, how big is the puzzle? Like okay. five by seven, four by it's, six, eight by ten. What would you right, say? I'm not good with my inches, but <laughs> oh no! This is good. This I, is getting bad. I opened the door and he walked right through. Oh my goodness! And I didn't even mean that. So much and this show, is exactly people. how big is the package in <laughs> Okay, so here. All right. You guys know when you open up a Blu-ray, how you have like where they put the cards in yeah. uh, on the left side. It fits that. It fits that. Oh, perfect. so it's the same size as a DVD. Of cover, the DVD. Or a Blu-ray cover or whatever. Yeah. Right. But I did get it. Wow. I am stoked. I'll That's put pictures so... up on our Facebook. Do it. Yes. Oh, please do. That'll be it's... amazing. Yeah. It, it's put together. Yeah, oh, I, I got it. So that's really, I'm really excited about that. So that's wow, you are com- cool. you are completely lucky. Yes, I guess I, I am. I feel like First. because I didn't receive mine yet, I feel like there's no chance that I got it. I don't it. know. I don't know. You don't know. Yeah. Diabolic. I know that even though Amazon has this film and everything, Diabolic said they will be the ones getting the puzzle before Amazon. So you do have a chance. Yeah. So I, I let me know. We I'm shall excited. See, but that's so cool that you got it. You know what? You got to do it. Uh, you got to do it. Um, on one of your awesome YouTube videos, um, unpacking <laughs> it to see if we can. You, you got it or not? Where did this filth come from? <clears throat> Answer me! Answer me! What I have to put up with? You dirty-minded little brat, playing with filth like this, just like your father. You don't watch out. Okay, so there we go. Sorry if that. I hope that was exciting for me. So very good. Very good. All right, guys. And is that everything for what was in our mailbox and what we watched? That's it, yep. man. Well, I got some horror news. Let's get into some horror news now. All right. Just just six little bullet and things, and we're just going to go through it pretty quick. And um, the Amityville movie, The uh, Awakening, was scheduled for april 1st now they're they pulled it and they're not going to release it until january 6 2017 oh no you know what that means you know every horror movie that comes out in january is never that amazing i don't yeah. understand it well see i thought the boy was really good and that came out in january right but it's usually a deathbed you're right and i'm i'm not sure i like i like the amityville uh series at least at least the first two couple of the other ones had some some stuff in it that was pretty good. And I was kind of hoping this, because this one has like, um, is it Jennifer Jason Lee and Yeah, and, it, I, I was excited. Yeah. actors in it. Um, yeah, it has good people in it. So, and, and one of the things that is a red flag, it was R-rated and it's been trimmed down to PG-13. Oh, come on. Are they trying to make it like, wait a minute. I don't know. Are they trying to do like Oscar season kind of thing or something? I, I, yeah. I just don't because, know. Because of her coming off of the Hateful Eight, maybe? maybe. Yeah, I'm tired they're, of they're, this. They're thinking that like maybe it'll make more money next January. Um, because it's PG-13, they can make more yeah, money. If it comes out in April, it's going to be starting to get into, you know. It's, it's just, simple just as frankly, this. Because frankly, like. Movies like summer blockbusters start coming out in April now. I mean, right. April. No, they do. They do. Yeah. Um, so maybe they just think it's going to get lost. To, but it, I mean, to, it, to the, go a whole other year almost. It's the Weinstein's and how they handle horror. They suck anymore. Just, I can't stand what they've been doing to our genre. They treat us 
absolute like you know how we already get treated uh genre movies and mm-hmm. and the weinsteins are just pathetic anymore and to do this for i know a lot of people that are excited come on just that name alone amityville it's gonna just put it out there and yeah. if you're, you're not gonna, gonna you're it, gonna make money yeah. exactly if you're not gonna do it and if, from the looks of it and they've done this many times with films if they're gonna release it they say they're going to release it next year or whatever. Just dump it on DVD so we can get to see the thing. Yeah. I mean, and this is like the first Amityville that's kind of, besides for the remake, that's been like a major major production. production. It's not like a piece of crap straight to VHS right. or something. This is actually, you know, decent actors and stuff. So it's it's either a train wreck of a movie or they're just, I don't I don't know. So anyway, enough about that. Uh, number two, Gina Davis joins the cast of the new Exorcist TV show. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know what to think about this. I'm, 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 a, I'm a fan of Gina Davis, like in The Fly and, and, and you know, a couple of her other movies. But I'm just not sold on The Exorcist as a TV series. I'm not sure how they're going to do that, but it's horror news. So I threw it in there. Uh, this one came out, I think, today or yesterday. Eli Roth drops out of making that movie Meg which was supposed to be about the, the big shark, shark, the, the Megalodon shark, yep. uh, which, you know, he's done all kinds of interviews about how excited he is about it. And now he's dropped out of it. So I'm not sure what, what that's about. Yeah. Um, that stinks. Yeah. I, I mean, Eli Roth is hit or miss for me. So me too, me too. Me too. <clears throat> I'm not sure. Uh, but I think it's time for another giant shark movie. I mean, it, yeah, it, well, they, sh- they should just get Ty West. That's what I would say. And, and, and basically, it would just be the shark swimming around for two hours. There you go. But I'm, not, <laughs> just, I'm just kidding. I love House of the Devil. But um, uh, four, the fourth thing, Tilda Swinton and Dakota Johnson cast in the Suspiria remake. I don't know how I feel about I that. just doesn't need to be remade. Don't even touch it. Doesn't need to be I, remade. And, and, and if they do it, they're probably going to do it freaking PG-13 and... And just, you know, and first of all, Dakota Johnson? Okay, you guys, it's, I mean, no hate or anything, but let's just be honest. It's because of her name, because I don't know if anybody saw Fifty Shades of Grey, but I did not see any earth-shattering, fabulous acting going on. I just saw a lot of boobs. Yeah. I mean, I could see, I could see Tilda Swinton, because she's a good actress. Right. She's kind of creepy. In a lot of roles she does. So I could see her as like maybe one of the, the head witches or something. But Dakota John, I'm just not even not even feeling that. And I just say Suspiria is is awesome. Just leave it alone. But uh, number five, yeah. Jeepers Creepers 1 and 2 finally coming out to Blu-ray uh, cool. from Scream Factory. Yes. Uh, which I love those two movies. And again, we can Yeah, let's say, not even go down the Yeah, getting the Victor Salva thing. But. I'll go get these because I like these movies and hope they'll have some some good special features. And they keep they keep uh, saying that Jeepers Creepers three like Cathedral or something is coming out, and who knows when that's going to be out. But I think they're actually trying to work on it, so that would be interesting. And the last bit, uh, and I and I I said this on on Twitter, tweeted out, uh, but a movie that was out last year at a lot of the horror film festivals called Bite. I've been wanting to see this movie for over a year. It's about a, a girl that gets bit by a bug while she's on, on like a bachelorette party vacation in a, in a foreign country. She comes back and she like starts turning into a bug. Uh, very 
a lot of uh, gross body horror type stuff, and that's uh, that's right up my alley. Kind of reminds me of The Fly. It finally, I've been asking and asking, when is this coming out? VOD, Blu-ray, whatever. And it's been picked up by Scream Factory. Oh, good. Uh, so it will be coming out on May 6th uh, through Scream Factory. So I'm very, very excited about that. And actually have been um, kind of tweeting and emailing back and forth. And we're hoping to have um, somebody involved in the production of that movie, hopefully the director, uh, on here as uh, a little interview soon. So, um, you know, I'm excited about that. And I'm not sure if the movie is going to be great or not. I just... I just want to see it. I want to see it. So. Well, yeah. Yeah. So there you go. That's the horror news in a nutshell. In theaters and VOD, first theaters, the other side of the door is out, came came out last week. Uh, it's a new um, supernatural thriller starring Sarah Wayne Callis. Uh, you might know her from uh, Walking Dead. She was Lori. I like her. Uh, she's yeah, a good actress. I, I want to see this. I really want to see this. Yeah, I do want to see it. I've, I've been not really having the time to go to the movies, but uh, it's just my kind of thing. I think her. Um, it's one of these things where her, her child dies or something, and she's able to contact him, like as talk to him, because he's on the other side of this door, but she's not supposed to open it, and she does, and releases some evil or something. I don't know. But... That's up my alley, so I'm going to see it. Uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane comes out on Friday. So I'm not sure what's happening in that movie. I'm not sure if that is a continuation or a sequel of Cloverfield. If those big alien monsters are going to be in it, I'm not sure whatsoever. And they've done a great job of kind of keeping that under wraps. So, But I'm definitely going to go see it. And then uh, there's a it says limited release theaters. I've not seen this anywhere. I think it's going to be mostly straight to VOD, but it's called Ava's Possessions. And this is kind of like the aftermath of a girl who's been possessed after she has been freed of the demons. Like what happens? I'm not sure if that's supposed to be like a comedy or what, but that's going to be out there. And the VOD real quick. There's a movie out now on VOD starring Ashley Benson called Ratter. And that is about uh, a guy, it's kind of like a cyber stalking type thing. There is a movie called Hostile, which is a French movie. It's about two sisters who looks like they're kind of possessed. I saw the trailer on Amazon. You can check it out on Amazon for $4.99. And then uh, there's one called The Channel, also on Amazon. After a near-death experience, a young girl brings something back with her. Uh, there's a movie called Home, which stars Heather Langenkamp. And not sure how good that's going to be. The trailer looked eh. Uh, Emily, which I said I recommended, is on VOD. And then another one that I saw was a Spanish language film. This looks very, very disturbing. It's called The Corpse of Anna Fritz. Have you guys heard about this? No, I have not. Yeah. No, I haven't heard of it. <clears throat> you can see the trailer on YouTube, and uh, it's pretty disturbing. Uh, basically, this famous girl dies and these three guys go into the morgue to see her naked and because she's famous or whatever. <laughs> and, uh, things go from there and, uh, it, it looks like really disturbing. So, yeah. So that's what's in theaters and, and VOD right now. So, but yeah, definitely going to go see the other side of the door in 10 Cloverfield lane. Those are two I'm super excited about. 
It's, uh, it's pretty exciting. You know, I've never been to Fright Fest before, and, uh, you know, I've had a lot of friends who have uh, had their films premiere here, and uh, so I'm feeling like I'm in pretty good company. The, the film is very, very much about loss. It's very much about family. I mean, even the, the tagline of the film is, this house needs a family. Um, you know, it's, uh, the, the idea was to do something that was deeply dramatic, but it still had that hook in kind of like 70s melodrama and like over-the-top over crazy splatter. It, it's kind of a mix of everything I grew up watching and everything that I still hold very close to my heart. Um, I think at its core, it, it's kind of just, it's, it's a warm blanket for me. It's the type of film that it reminds me of all the things that I grew up like snuggling up with and being happy that I was around. The, the two lead characters in it, the Sacchettis, are named after Dardano Sacchetti, um, who's kind of an icon in uh, Italian horror. Um, basically every character in the film is named after a character, actor, or crew person from Lucio Fulci's House by the Cemetery. Um, the villainous Dagmar family in the film is named after uh, Dagmar Lysander, who is an actress who is in House by the Cemetery. And then uh, there are a lot of uh, more subtle references um, just to uh, certain themes and characters and strangeness, um, either Italian horror based, maybe a little American schlock, and then there's a touch of Lovecraft kind of sprinkled in throughout. Barbara's been a uh, friend of mine for a very long time, and so it was really wonderful to have somebody in my film that I could trust so implicitly. Um, you know, she's an icon, and you know, she's been directed by a lot of the greats. I mean, Stuart Gordon, who did Reanimator and From Beyond, he, you know, his films were a huge influence on this as well. Um, but, you know, Larry Fessenden, who plays Jacob, is also a dear friend of mine and a huge icon in the genre, both as an actor and as a director. So it was really wonderful to have people like him People like Lisa Marie, you know, who's in all of Tim Burton's films in the 90s. J just having all these people who, who brought so much to the table, you know, it, it, it stopped feeling like kind of a group of genre icons after a while, and it just started feeling like a family. Okay, guys, right now we are going to get into our first movie review of this episode. And we're going we're gonna to do the newer movie first. And that is, of course, these are Susan's picks. Uh, this first one is We Are Still Here. It's from 2015. It has a 5.7 rating out of 10 on IMDb, and that's from about 7,300 ratings, user ratings. Now, the director is Ted. I am bad with this. Maybe you guys can help me. Geogagin? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can't yeah. help you. <laughs> it might be a... Um, Geogagin? Geohagen? I don't know. You know, I heard a couple interviews Go with him, and I, and I, and I don't remember how to pronounce it. <laughs> I'm sorry. We're, we're sorry, Ted. We are so sorry. Uh, Ted, G-E-O-G-H-E-G-A-N. Yes, that's I'm gonna it. I'm going to go with Gogan. All I'm right. A, that's, that's probably wrong. <laughs> that's, hey, it is what it is. Okay, and it was released. Uh, it's, a not, it's not rated. It's 124 minutes long, and it was released on December 8th, 2015. Now, the stars. We got Barbara Crampton playing Annie Sachetti. Andrew Sensing, Sen Sensening, I am terrible. I am just butchering names today. <laughs> as Paul Sachetti, Lisa Marie as Mae Lewis, which is, this is really cool. You guys know Larry Fessenden. Uh, he's Jacob Lewis. Yep. Larry Fessenden is a really cool horror movie director, and that was cool to see him. We got Monty Markham as Dave McCabe. Susan Gibney as Maddie. We got Michael Patrick Nicholson as Harry Lewis. Uh, we got Kelsey Dakota as Daniela, Guy Gain as Lassender Dogmare, 
and Alyssa Dowling as Elise Dogmer. There's a lot of Dogmers, so we can leave it with that for now. So what, what do you say we get in the, the synopsis? All right. After their teenage son is killed in a car crash, Paul and Anne move to the quiet New York countryside to start a new life for themselves. But the grieving couple unknowingly becomes the prey of a family of vengeful spirits that reside in their new home. Before long, they discover that the seemingly peaceful town they moved into is hiding a terrifyingly dark secret. Now they must find a way to overcome their sorrow and fight back against both the living and the dead as the malicious ghosts threaten to pull their souls and the soul of their lost son into hell with them. Bum, bum, bum. Good there stuff. Go. Great synopsis. And now's the good part. Let's play the trailer. Roll it. Let's do it. told you all about the Dagmars. Yes, that was the family who first lived here, right? We had heard it was a funeral parlor around the turn of the century. Um, don't say. Old Dagmar had been running the bodies and burying empty coffins. Some even said he was selling to the Orientals over in Boston, turning them into chop suey. It wasn't long after that that the, uh, the trouble began. You satisfy the darkness. You guys have moved in to one weird town. Susan, since this is your pick, come on in with some likes. Okay, well, without giving away too many spoilers, um, there are certain characters that I really enjoyed the look of them. I felt like it was unique. It was something a little different, and I really liked that. I love the setting. I love stuff that's different, that's out. It's in the winter. It's in the snow. It's in the middle of nowhere. It's just interesting setting, and I am a sucker for 70s and 80s horror, so anything that wants to do a, kind of an homage to 70s horror is okay by me fr- right out of the gate. So the fact that they had this set in the 70s was really cool as well. And I think that for horror, that setting, that kind of throwback setting works really well anyway because you take out cell phones, you take out internet and social media, you take out more contact to the rest of the world and other people and quote-unquote help. So um, I, I think it kind of adds to the the creepiness and the tension in movies like this. And then, of course, the cast. I, I think Barbara Crampton's great, so I was definitely intrigued to watch this just for knowing that she was in it. And she did a great job in it. And 
as always, I'm a huge fan of practical effects. So I loved the, the ones that they had in this. And I won't take everything. So go for it, whoever wants to go next. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I, I guess what I agree. I agree with all that. So Mark Nato, come on in with some lights. All right. Well, I definitely like the premise. I like a good haunted house movie. And this was kind of like a haunted house movie with a, with a twist. Uh, I enjoy that that sort of thing. I really enjoyed the the practical effects. We've we've said this so many times before. Just don't appreciate all the the CGI that that's out there nowadays. And this was uh, definitely something that was done practically. There was minimal CGI. I heard a uh, an interview with the director, and they did do some CGI like like for the eyes of the ghosts and maybe a little bit of, you know, I'm not going to give anything away, but a little bit uh, on the ghost. But mostly that was a process of that took two to three hours to put on and an hour to take off. So uh, hats off to, to the practical effects department. Uh, I enjoyed the gore in this movie. I felt like it was, you know, it, it, it it's kind of like a slow burn for the first, uh, you know, hour or so, and then when it picks up, it really picks up, and there's a lot of good gore at the end. So, uh, if you're someone who's watching this movie and you're not, you're not feeling, you're like, oh, this is a little too slow. Please hang on. <laughs> yeah, uh, just because, wait. <laughs> yes, because the last 20, 25 minutes is worth it, and there's a lot of good gore. So, so please hang on to that. I, I liked this, and and did you figure out the? Uh, the nod to Slumber Party Massacre? No, I didn't. To yeah. Slumber Party Massacre? I felt that it was an nod. I, to... I got a couple of the others, you know, but. Well, the guy says that um, Larry Fessenden's char- character is coming in. He likes to smoke the Maui Wowie. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Isn't that from. Wasn't that from Slumber Party Massacre? Yeah, I remember that. <clears throat> so I was like, dude, that's that's Slumber Party Massacre. But uh yeah, and this 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 definitely was a nod to several other movies too, and I'm sure Hargot will will um, say a few of those. But uh I, I liked the direction in the in the movie. I think that they had the right idea. I think there were some good uh shots, some good camera work, some good settings, and that it was put together well. And I've got I've got some dislikes too, and I'm not gonna um, you know go into it. Uh, I, I really liked Larry Fessenden; he was my favorite actor or actress in the movie. I think uh, he's just you know he's over the top, and, and oh yeah, and the seance scene I thought he was great. And uh, yeah, so what about you, uh, Walshie? Yeah, that's once again some good stuff there. I, I gotta echo you guys on the look, the ghosts, very original, very creepy. Oh man, I remember the first time it popped up and I was like, whoa. And that's hard to do for someone that could be jaded watching all these horror films. Uh, it actually gets you unnerved in a way looking at these ghosts. And I'm not going to ruin that. We're not spoiling what, what they look like, uh, what the back underlying themes are of them. But please check it out just for that alone. Uh, like you said, the practical effects. Once again... The CGI is so minimal. That's the way CGI should be. We're, I think we're just getting redundant at this point saying that, but it needs to be said. This is the way you do it. So for for the gore and everything, I mean, they're using real blood. You see that blood 
when they do when they do show gore, you you're seeing real blood, blood on the walls, blood on the floor, which you could tell instantly. It just adds a lot to a movie, especially mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, me too, because I can spot it. I don't know about everybody else, but I think most people listening to this podcast are horror fans, and they've watched a ton of them. And there's nothing that completely removes me from a, from the film more than saying, oh, God, here we go with the CGI. Right. You know, And all, all of a sudden, I feel like I'm in a video game or something. It's like, okay, you know what? If I want to do that, I'll go play a game. Like, yeah. just please. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, put in a little... I, and it's not that it doesn't take talent to do CGI. I'm not knocking the talented people that do the CGI. I just feel that sometimes it's an easy cop out. Oh, we'll just you know we'll just draw it in. We'll just put it in in CGI. And and there's something that about doing that that tactile like actually hands on with the practical effects that to me it it translates even if it's a little bit cheesy. It still seems more real to me for some reason. So yeah, I'm, sorry I'm, to interject, but you know I'm we all have. I think we're all passionate about that. Now. Yeah, we are. <laughs> I'm definitely glad they didn't go all Midnight Meat Train on, on you know. Did you ever see that? I love yeah. that movie, but you're exactly right. Yep. Mm-hmm. But that movie exactly would have right. been that would, movie would have been awesome except for the CGI mm-hmm. blood splat. Yeah, that that's the way you don't do it. That's yep. that's right. That's exactly right. Um a main thing to me is like this I don't know if you guys picked up on it, but if this whole movie and story feels very Stephen King to me. It does. It does. That kind of, that kind of weird looming like dread feeling. Yes, and like how the town is its own character, and mm-hmm. and, and how the, the neighbors are, the neighbors act throughout this film. Um, it, it just very, very Stephen King like. Which, come on, that's always a good thing if you could get a Stephen King uh, themes. Next, I thought that it had a lot of unsettling shots. Especially with the way the ghosts were shot and like really quick glimpses at, at uh, I'll say, um, creepy things. Uh, the cinematography was was really good in it. Uh, horror gal Susan, you said that the you liked how the snow was and how it's a little different. I totally agree with that. I think that's a really big part of why... I like this movie more than I dislike this movie. So that's what I'm going to do for my likes for now. Uh, you got anything else, Horgel? Um, for mine, I mean, I I like the fact that the the director was purposeful in trying to kind of do some little mini love letters to some other films that I like, and maybe that's why I... I enjoy this movie. Definitely. So that's kind of like an overall like for me on this on this film too because when you can and we've talked about this before in movies when you can watch a movie a horror movie and see oh that reminds me of this or oh that that's you know they they're directly you know referencing this movie or that movie it just for us horror fans it just makes it more interesting and more fun to watch and I think overall I tend to enjoy it more whether or not I liked the movie more, if that makes any sense. <laughs> Just no, for the absolutely. fact that they, that they took the time to say, you know what, we appreciate this film and that film, and we're going to do a little tip of the hat to them, you know. So yeah. I like that they did that throughout, too. Yeah, the, there's, a, there's a good way to show homages, and there's a bad way, and the, yeah. they, did it, they, they did it right. Yeah, I, without, without stepping on toes, you know. So. Exactly, exactly. And, and, and not completely stealing, um, but just trying mm. to do their own spin on what, what was done before, which is cool, which is why I, I respect this film. Um, Mark Nato, anything else for your likes? Yeah, just, I mean, just, just a couple of the same things. I, I enjoyed the setting in the snow in upstate New York. I, I, 
I liked the 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 premise that uh, which is we're going to see again in our, our next movie, which is the older movie, but you know dealing with with grief, dealing with with parents who have have lost a child in an accident, being haunted, uh, and uh, this is a shout out to Jay of the Dead over at the Horror Movie Podcast. He always says this: horror happens to those who deserve it least. You know, like a lot of these movies, like people are already hurting. They're already having some sort of a tragedy or something in their life. They don't need this on top of it. So that makes it even more horrific. And just the fact that these, you know, people, and this is not a spoiler because it's in the synopsis on the back of the DVD. And that's the whole premise. You know, they lost their, their kid, their son in in an accident and, and they're hurting. You can, you can just tell that they're hurting and this is something that's happening to them and, and making it even worse. So I, I, I enjoyed that. And, and I thought, I thought that, uh, overall it was just, it was a good movie and I do have some dislikes that I want to talk about because before moving into those dislikes, I I've seen this movie. I was sharing with Oregon. I've seen this movie five times now. Oh wow! Um, I yeah, saw which I—that's yeah. dedication, people, right there. That's like ten hours. Or yeah. wait, what is this? An hour and twenty-four minutes. Yeah. Okay, so that is good well, estimate. Do, do the math. Do the math. <laughs> now, now I didn't just watch it five times this this last these last two weeks. I saw it when it when it first came out, like November, December. I forget, and and I've seen it a couple of times since then. And then this week I did. I watched it uh, last week, and then I watched it again today while I was working today, but. Uh, it's it's like this. This movie was okay to me the first time I saw it. Second time I saw it, I really liked it a lot more. And I even put it in my top 10 of 2015. I think it came in at number nine. And even though we didn't rate those, I was thinking, you know, this is around a seven and a half, eight. And third time, I started to see some of the flaws. And then the fourth and fifth time, like today, I don't know. I just didn't like it as much, and I'll go into why. But um, it is an enjoyable movie to watch, and I think, again, a lot of good things to, to like about it. And uh, one of the best things is, like Susan was saying, to some of those homages to um, to other, you know, uh, is it Bava? Uh, is There's it, a ton uh, of them. Is oh, it really? No, Fulci, Fulci, yeah. uh, with the House by the Cemetery and those sorts of things. Those are nice little nods and winks to horror fans uh, who will, you know, understand those things. It might get lost on just the, the average person, but uh, I enjoyed that. So, but I don't, I don't want to, I don't think I have anything else specifically that right. I liked that. Cause I don't want to yeah, get without, specific. without yeah. giving it away. Yeah. Yeah. Since yeah. We're, not yeah. We're, we're speaking in broad strokes here yes. because it's a newer <laughs> movie and you should definitely watch it to have your own opinion form. So yeah, you brought up a really good point there. Uh, I only seen this film once, so I kind of feel like I need to see it again to like, it goes again with what you were just saying, how you saw it uh, five times and you kind of got a different feeling every time. Yeah. So I, I only saw it one time and I already feel like, I need to see it again, but the, my first viewings are always my, where I'm. I keep my reviewer 
in my head how I really feel about the movie, if that makes any sense. It's always my first viewing where I'm more open. I'm not looking for straight flaws. So my review is just going to be off one viewing of this. But I am excited to see where where this goes if I do watch it a second time. And I will. I will. Yeah. But I, after that, I, I, I'm really done with my likes, too. I think we all kind of hit on the main themes without spoiling anything and what we did like. So I want to get right into dislikes and uh horror gal, what do you got for dislikes? Okay. Well, without spoiling it again, my, my main dislike in this is, well, uh, first I'll say a general possible dislike for listeners out there is that if you are not into slow burn or retro seventies, eighties style, horror uh that is a true quote-unquote ghost story with a slow burn but then when it picks up it picks up to the end um but if you're not into that then this may not be up your alley but if you like the slow burn the kind of mysteriousness the tension building um the unsettling feeling building up to all the the gore the action then you're probably going to enjoy this so that could be both a like or a dislike depending i personally am a fan of that i don't mind a slow burn i feel like it actually makes the the ending or whatever portion of the movie it picks up at more intense for me um but that could possibly be a dislike for people but i felt like the ending i i got it i was fine with it but personally if i were making the movie i i kind of felt like the ending was not as substantial or strong or impactful as the rest of the movie. Yes, that like each made a- section made a statement, but to me the end was kind of like oh, really oh. Yes, I, that put a sour taste in my mouth as well Me- and that's the number one dislike for me is the ending. Yeah, I, I just would have done the ending differently and it's I not felt bad. Like- no, yeah, exactly. I don't want to turn anyone off from seeing this movie. See this right. movie. I really liked it. I wouldn't have picked it to review if I completely hated it unless right. I just wanted like comedy fodder for the podcast. But um but exactly. it, but the the ending, I mean, some people may really dig it and some people may be like, Well that I don't you know, I don't know. It to each their own. But for me, if there was my main dislike it would be to to alter the way the ending was done. Not not the not the vibe behind it, not the reasoning, none of it, but just the way it was done at the end. I would have done yes. differently. Yes, and, I I agree. I agree with you. Um, is that it for your main dislike for the film? Is that what really? Uh, yeah, yeah. The, those 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 two things. The fact that I mean, it it is a slow burn. So if you're not in for that, you know, um, that's just more of a general dislike. And then and then the end that I would have I would have done that differently. Um, but uh, the rest of it, I thought for, for what it was and what they did, I didn't, I didn't have a whole lot of problems with anything else in it. So very good. But you know what? I'm just going to hop in. I have just a couple dislikes, so I will get them out of the way now. Um, a lot of the acting to me was very cardboard. I don't know why. That's why I'm saying I might have to just watch this again and maybe I'm not giving it a fair shake. But I do like the movie, but just some of the acting to me was just like, oh, so like I said, it was bland. It was cardboard to me. Now, that that's, I don't know if I should, that might pull a lot of you guys out, and you, I might be way off base here. Well, but, can I just piggyback? Go ahead. I, I had the same thing written down. Um, I didn't say cardboard, 
I said wooden. Same thing, yeah. <laughs> um, Same type of. A lot of people, not, and, and Susan has already said she likes Barbara Crampton, and and, and I, I'm ju- I wasn't into her. Well, but you guys see here, here's where I think I, I expected that because you start off this film with the fact that their son has been killed. And if you think about it, um, I don't know if anybody's lost a close loved one or, or whatever, but I have, and you kind of turn into like a robot zombie, right? You, You shut down your feelings and you kind of close things off. And the only moments when you really see something from her or from her husband is when she thinks, oh, well, am I giving it away by saying she thinks something is happening in it. And, and those yeah. little moments that she thinks something are happening, you kind of see that spark and you don't through the rest of it. And I, that's how I took it. I took it that she was supposed to play it like that because I, I did see that in the extras that she went and sat and spent time with people who had lost their child um, to find out how to act appropriately as that amount of being grief stricken. So I don't know. So I guess I just kind of took it as that's how it was supposed to be played, but I don't know. That's just me. No, (laughs) and I can see that. I can see that, but I, I don't know. Just some, some of the delivery, like even when like her, her friend, you know, may shows up and she seems to be, in a better mood or whatever, it just seemed a little too, it just wouldn't. It just seemed a yeah. little too, like, I'm just going to deliver my no. line here. And that's, yeah. I mean, I'm just going to say the same thing with Lisa Marie, who, yeah. who a lot of people, you know, I, I think that the guy who played Paul, the, the husband, he was kind of wooden. He Lisa was terrible. Mar- yeah. And Lisa mm-hmm. Marie was very, like when she was supposed to be emoting or saying something, you know, like, like she had a, she had a dream, you know, that she had seen some ghost or whatever. Right. That's not really a spoiler. And she wakes up screaming and I just didn't believe it. You know, I mean, first, first, second time that I watched it, I believed it, but I guess, Third, fourth, fifth time, I was like, uh, "You're back to it. I'm not buying this." But, but yeah. see, this is the this is what I'm saying. I watch a movie the first time to to just enjoy it, soak it in. Do I really like this? Am I having a good time? Am I being entertained? And this movie entertained me. Me uh, as well. But as you know, as you know, we're we're horror critics, you know, so we're on here doing a podcast to critique. And to tell people what we think of movies. So when we watch a, a movie again, you know, I, I sit down and I'm, I'm I'm taking some notes. I'm jotting some things down. I'm I'm looking for things. You know what I'm saying? So so right. some people might watch this and really enjoy it because they're not trying to pick it. it apart or critique yeah. it. And maybe that's a little unfair of me. I think it's good because, it, look, just between the three of us, we have different perspectives and different amounts of times we've seen the film. I saw it once and then I did like a like a rewatch. But again, I was kind of, you know, doing other things at the same time, but re reminding myself about it and that sort of thing. So and then you've seen it a lot. So I think it just speaks to, you know. It gives people options as well to know that, okay, here's what somebody who's seen it once, here's somebody who's seen it twice, and here's somebody who's seen it five times, mm-hmm. and how things can be interpreted differently just right. 
by the sheer number of views, you know. Right, and right. that's that's the other thing is I try to I try not to look for problems when I'm watching a movie the first time. Mm-hmm. I try to just watch it and then make note of anything that stands out that I liked or stands out that I didn't like. So then it's good that you're like going in for the dissection too because that gives a bunch of different perspectives and people, you know, whatever whichever way they view things, they can say, oh, okay, you know, I, I, I could see that I might like it because of this or, or not because of that. So Yeah. And, and I'm just going to go into a couple other of my dislikes if I, if I can. What did you guys think of the score? Terrible. Yeah, I didn't like it. Yeah, I, I, I thought, I thought there it were, was terrible. I it, it, didn't, there, it didn't lend anything to it, that's yeah, for sure. Yeah, Generic. I, thought there, I thought there were some parts that could have really been I'm, – I'm not one of those guys that – I think that there needs to be a loud score every time there's supposed to be a jump scare or, you know, because I, I don't want the music to scare me, you know, instead of the actual what's supposed <laughs> right. to be scaring. Like, I don't want to be jarred by loud music, but there there's something to be said for music making you feel something and, and feeling dread. And I just thought it was kind of bland and not and sometimes just non-existent. Yeah, it's very generic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I thought that was something, and again, not even something that I even thought about first time through. Yeah, see, I did. That was my that was my second dislike was the score. I was just like, nope, nope. Yeah, yeah, and, and I do in in looking at my notes while I had my microphone muted for for your pleasure, you guys. Um, <laughs> I I did have on here that I just felt that it didn't lend anything to the movie. So. It doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I'm, I'm it glad that hel- you it didn't that up. help it. It was no Halloween. We'll just put it like that. Okay. Right. <laughs> but but a music score could is so much to horror. I mean, to oh, me, yeah. it could be up to fifty percent of the movie. Absolutely. And even just to say, it, it goes back to bring Halloween. I, when they showed critics Halloween without the score, they thought it was the worst movie ever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just shows. <laughs> then they you. added yeah. the movie, and people were petrified. The music, the right? Yeah. But right. see, that's what, that's what I'm saying. I think this movie could have been a lot scarier. Right. Had, I mean, and, and I know they're kind of going for a little electronic synth, like, but real minimal, like a minimalist score, I think. And I just thought it was too minimal. And no, you're right. You're was, right on that. wasn't present enough. I also think that um, the pacing was a little bit, I mean, I, I know it's a slow burn, you know, for the first hour, but I, I kind of think it, it goes from zero to five in about an hour. And then it goes from five to 90, you know, in about 30 seconds. You know what I'm saying? After that, I, I think that yep. I think that there wasn't enough tension built in that hour. Like before, like their friends even showed up. I don't think there was enough going on to, to really unsettle anybody. You know what I'm saying? I, I, yes. think, I think we could have had some more time with them in the house because it, it, it says, and again, this is not a, a spoiler, but some neighbors come over to greet him. They say they've been there two weeks. What? Yeah, you you do. Uh, that is true. You don't get the feeling that they've been there that long. Yeah, I thought what did they just move in yesterday? I mean, I yeah. don't know what happened. So there could have been some more creepy stuff happening, building up some tension. Um, which, which we'll get to in the next movie we're reviewing, which is oh, full of that stuff. Yeah. So, so, but those <laughs> those are really my. I, I did want to mention. I do. I do kind of like. At the very end, this was a, a like that I didn't get to say, but uh, the end credits with the old newspaper clippings and stuff. Yeah, that was cool. Which yeah. I thought was a good idea. It was a little kind of easy exposition after the fact. You know, you don't want to reveal everything at the beginning. So, 
you know, I didn't pause it and read the articles or anything, but it was just kind of, you know, you understand why the town people did what they did and yep. what was going on there. So, but yep. that that's about it. I don't have a whole lot else to say without spoiling stuff. And, and I definitely, I definitely think that people should, should watch it for themselves. Yeah. I'm going to come in, uh, finish my, li- uh, my dislikes here with what we just talked about. It, to me, the main thing though is it's frustrating because this movie, if it just had a couple tweaks, man, it could have been one of the, oh, it could have been just uh, almost top of the top of the line. If it just a few things were done a little differently, but that I, we're sitting on our dislikes here. I still like this movie more than I dislike this movie. I want you guys to know that um, you listeners. So the, the other thing to me, and I'm, I'll, kill it after this is i just connected the dots even when the movie started i knew what was happening i knew where it was going i knew there would be characters that were just going to be fodder so i I just connected the dots um, throughout the movie so at the end i was like oh yeah i was right but that i think is a a product of me just having so much knowledge i guess from watching movies constantly especially horror movies so Mm -hmm. that that's really it though that's that's my dislike so let's just hop into uh any saved rounds or you guys got any items of interest or anything Uh, i've got a few but i don't want to go into so many because some of the ones on imdb and stuff they're spoilers okay you know i don't want to i don't want to say too much i've got got a couple that wouldn't be spoilers do it um every character in this film was named after a character in house by the cemetery I didn't know that. And there's a scene with a ball, and that is a direct nod to the changeling, which we were about to review. Which is awesome. And Joe the electrician is a nod to Joe the plumber from the beyond. (laughs) So cool. And even though they had this set retro style in the 70s, um, you can see a 2000s model truck in the background of one of the prominent I caught that. I caught that. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Well, they said that the the cars were lent to the filmmakers by the local people there in Schwartzville, New York. So I guess they had some old '70s and '80s cars laying around. So nice. Yeah. Uh, here's one. It's not real. Um, well, I don't want to say because it, it might be a spoiler. But yeah, then don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a guy. One of the neighbors comes up and he tells people about what you know happened in the house or whatever. And he, and he says something about the university over in Essex County, which is basically a reference to H.P. Lovecraft's uh, Miskatonic University, which is located in Essex County. It was just kind of a nod there. Um, cool. Yeah. And then the art director, Sean Hughes, he was the uh, the guy in the photos who was supposed to be their dead son, Bobby. That <laughs> was the art director. Oh, no way. Yep. So but that's about it. I mean – there is some cool stuff for you guys to look yeah. at and pick up on. Yeah. So let's get into our score. <laughs> Susan, what do you got? All right. Well, there there are a lot of reasons that I like this movie, and there there's there's a fair amount that that you know I wasn't necessarily a fan of. Um, but overall, just looking at the big picture for me, I'm giving this eight out of ten skulls because it does have some horror royalty in it. Um, it does have some of those little, you know, nods to other films in it. It has a cool setting, a cool time period. 
Um, it's a ghost story, which, you know, I don't know. I'm a sucker for ghost stories to begin with, uh, the whole haunted house thing. So I'm giving it 8 out of 10 skulls. And I would say if you are a ghost story, haunted house movie fan, if you're a fan of 70s and 80s slow burn ghost story, horror stories, um, then I would definitely recommend buying it. But I definitely recommend that everybody see it and formulate your own opinion because you may like it even more and you may like it less, but I definitely don't think it's wasting two hours of your life or anything like that. I think it's I think it's a good movie. Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. If you're giving it an eight, you you guys must wanna you, you gotta check it out. <laughs> that's that's a really <laughs> good score. So uh, horror gal loved it. So all right, Mark Nato, what's your score? All right. Well, I just want to say real quick, because I think none of us mentioned uh, the poster and the artwork is pretty cool. Oh, my God. It's amazing. Thank you for mentioning that. That's a big thing. It's an awesome Blu-ray cover. Yeah. So I just wanted to to say that. uh, Props to whoever did that. Um, Again, this was something that I watched the first time, second time. Liked it a, a pretty good amount and even put it in my top 10, put it at number nine. I went back and I listened up. It was at number nine. And uh, I'll I just say this after more watches and more, you know, of a careful eye, it probably would not be in my top 10 of 2015, but it's still a movie worth watching. Uh, I, g- I gave it a 6.5 out of 10 Dude. skulls. Which insane. Was that what you gave? It? Yep. <laughs> but but yep. It, I mean, five being an average movie is well, what I'm better than by. that. It's yeah. better than average. Sure is. Um, but the, the the non-existent score and and some of the some of the acting and you know a lot of that we didn't mention this. Some of that acting might be they just weren't given a a great script. I mean, yeah, there's not a lot that, of right. great stuff to work with there, but the story itself is interesting the effect i mean it's it's worth watching just for the effects and the nod to the the uh, the movies of the past so i would say definitely rent it check it out and if you're a, a ghost story and it's a six and a half i own it <laughs> i mean i bought it yep. you know i'm not, I'm not going to give it away you watched it five times already it's exactly only a year old i mean exactly so six and a half out of ten Okay, a complete echo, six and a half out of ten, and it is a rental for me. Uh, I'm actually excited to see it a second time. I want to see if it goes up for me or goes down because I know it could go either way. Uh, uh, but my first time viewing, six and a half out of ten. It's a, it's it's a good movie. So that's it, guys. That's it for we are still here. I'm Ty West. You're watching from Trailers from Hell, and we're going to talk about The Changeling, one of my very favorite, if not my favorite, haunted house film. Uh, this is a movie that I caught on to late in life. Um, I worked at a video store in my, I think when I was 14 to 16, somewhere around there. And it was always sitting on the shelf and no one ever rented it. And one day I thought, let me just take this home and watch it. And at 15 years old, it totally terrified me. And that hadn't happened since, I don't know, in 10 years probably. So it was a very sort of visual experience to see a movie that could actually have the same effect on me that I I had watching movies when I was a kid. And so I became obsessed with the movie, and I tried to show it to everyone that I could. And uh, I think a big selling point for me is that the movie stars George C. Scott, and it's a haunted house film. And if George C. Scott is afraid of a haunted house, then none of us have a a chance. All right, everyone. We are going to get into our next movie, our final movie of the night. And this is our classic. And believe it or not, I have never seen this film until this week. 
and I know it's considered a classic by many. And Susan, I thank you for picking this, and that is, of course, The Changeling. It was released on March 28th in 1980. It has a 7.3 star review out of 10 on IMDb. It is rated R. It runs 1 hour 47 minutes. And they have it on IMDb as a fantasy horror. I, I would say suspense horror or... I would say I would say thriller horror thriller. mystery. Mystery. I don't think fantasy at all. Fantasy. I don't understand no, that. There's, there's no fantasy in this. There's no, no. sprites right, uh, or fairies or anything. <laughs> shame on you, Ibda. Ibda. Yeah, it's, it's definitely... It's a ghost story. It's yep. a ghost story. So that, that's what we'll leave it at. Okay. The director is Peter, again, I, I don't know how to pronounce it, but Medak. Peter Medak. 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 Yep. Medak. Okay. I was, uh, listen, I was just listening to an interview Medic. by him today, so it's Medak. Yep. Okay. And writers are Russell Hunter. He did the story. William Gray did the screenplay. It stars. And, and Diana Maddox. Oh, and Diana it's, Maddox. It's is International Women's Day. Oh, my God. How She's dare you leave Diana Maddox out? <laughs> Hold on, I'm looking Anyway. Okay. But, yeah, hey, just, just a quick thing. Russell Hunter, the, the guy who wrote the story, this is based on, he says, a true story of his, his, experience, his yeah. experience. We'll get into that later. but Awesome. Okay, some of the cast here is the incredible George C. Scott as John Russell. Yep. Trish Van Devere as Claire Norman, Melvin Douglas as Senator Carmichael, Gene Marsh as Jonah Russell, John Colicos as Captain DeWitt, Barry Morris as the parapsychologist, we got Madeline Sherwood as Miss Norman, and we got Helen Burns as Lee Harmon, and we'll finish it off with Eric Christmas as Albert Harmon. Now... That's just some of the stars. This is There's a lot of acting in this film. There's a lot of different actors in it. So let's do the synopsis. Horror Gal, please give us the honor. After the tragic death of his wife and daughter, a composer staying at a secluded historical mansion finds himself being haunted by the presence of a specter. Let's give these good people a trailer. What do you say? Hit it. Joseph. Within this old house live two residents. One of them is John Russell, composer, professor. The other has been dead for over 70 years. Claire, I'd like to talk to you about the house. Is it in that house, Claire? What is it doing? Why is it trying to reach me? It's a hand. Senators, 
he wants it back. Okay, guys, let's get into our likes for The Changeling. Uh, Horror Gal, since this is your pick, I want you to have the honors and give us some likes. Okay, well, you know what? uh, First, let me say that I saw this movie when I was very young, too young to be allowed to see this type of movie. And so it does hold a lot of sentimental value for me, but I do feel that it is a really underrated, uh, really good classic ghost story horror film. Um, I love the setting. I love a lot of the aerial shots and the way they chose to film this, different angles, different approaches for scenes. So I also really love the lighting in this film. Uh, I think that when it was supposed to be dark and creepy and scary, it worked, but you could still see what was going on. And there are so many movies that try to make it too dark and you can't even tell what's happening, let alone enjoy it or be scared because you're too busy hitting the person next to you and saying, what's happening? What is that? What am I supposed to be seeing? So I really loved the lighting in this. Um, I loved the house, which mm. in the trivia bits we'll get into that. But um, mm. I love the house. It was its own character in this film. And it just really added to the beauty but yet creepiness of this movie and can can I can I agree with you real quick and say oh, yeah. say as good as this house this setting was that added so much to like you said this house was its own character mm-hmm. and but uh we are still here the house wasn't really as menacing you know, I triple that. Exactly. Because these house, you know, th- these these movies kind of are very similar in some of the things that, you know, happened. But uh, I'm, I'm totally in, in agreement with you there, man. This house was tremendous. I mean, yeah, it, I, I triple that 100%. I, it's like they don't look into that part as, a, as something being a character like they did with this film. Like back in the day, you guys know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. But in an older movie, so awesome. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, just the, the camera angles when, when characters are in another room speaking, the camera is somewhere else and then following and coming down as though it is the house or that spirit. Yes. Kind of listening in and mm. coming in. And it just, to me, it really added the creep factor it upped the tension it upped the creep factor even when quote unquote things weren't going on yet because it is a bit of a slow burn film there were still things to keep you unsettled about it and interested mm-hmm. yeah and and i felt like they they struck a good balance with making it seem believable 
they didn't go over the top with things. When things happened in this movie, what I really liked was just the simplicity. I'm I'm a big fan of less is more because my imagination can do way more than a lot of times what is seen on screen. Mm-hmm. And so the simplicity of it, uh, there, there's a scene with a piano key, with a, a door opening, with a banging, with a glass window, with a faucet dripping. Things that could really happen when you're just sitting yeah. at home alone and you hear a noise and then you go into the other room and then you think, well, did I leave that faucet on or no, yeah. maybe not. No, and, and you know, see, and, yeah. and that sort of thing. It, to me, it really was good at tension building. Yeah. And some people might say, Oh, that's boring stuff because they want, you know, something to jump out at you every second. That's the stuff that freaks me out. The little yeah, stuff. Yeah. I just like a door opening with nobody there. Oh. I like I'm sitting here right now with goosebumps. Yep. I don't know why. I mean, I, that, that to me, that is just. I mean, and you don't necessarily even see a ghost or a specter. He sees, you know, this little boy. Spoiler. Of course, we're going to spoil the heck out of this movie. Yeah. But he sees, you know, in, in kind of visions, right? And and in the in the tub or whatever. But it's not like this ghosty thing, you know, no, walking right, around. Right. And, and the way, just, they, oh, the yeah, way they film it, like when, when he's sitting, he's a composer, and so he's a musician, so of course I'm going to be drawn to this movie anyway. Yeah, Here we go yeah. with the music thing. But he's sitting at the piano playing, and then when the door starts to open, you think, when you're watching this for the first time, you think that someone is coming in to see him. That's awesome. And you just then said it that. Just, and then it just continues to open, <laughs> and now you freak out. And and then he does that kind of pregnant pause where you – he makes it realistic. Like when you all of a sudden – like say your dog comes in the room and you didn't know your dog came in the room. But you all of a sudden have this feeling that somebody's staring at you and then you look over and your dog's there. Yep. He gave that little pause of like, mm, wait a minute. Is somebody looking at me? And he did this kind of turnaround. And just little things like that between the acting and and the actual way they did this, I thought just – I don't know. It's just right up my alley. It really worked yeah. for me. Yeah. The, I'm going to piggyback right on, on the acting. George C. Scott is one of my favorites. I mean, he's, he's, you know, God rest his soul. He's been gone for a while, but I mean, just a, a person that acts with like his entire body, yep. his facial expressions, his he's pauses. Actor. Yeah. I mean, this guy, it's like just, he's not even trying. It's just that's how good he is. Yeah, exactly. I, I he doesn't didn't feel right. I didn't feel for one second he was acting. Uh, yes, that's what I meant. Yes. Yeah, I mean, he just felt genuine. He felt realistic. This is how, you know, someone might react, or this is, you know, I, I just, I just think I can't say enough, you know, about him. And he, this was a very quiet performance for him. Uh, like a, a lot of times people think about George C. Scott and, you know, Patton and Patton. yelling, <laughs> yelling a lot. And, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> my brother, my younger brother watched this with me for the first time. Well, I think he's seen it before, but he was like, um, you know, he'd make a good Scrooge. And I was like, he played Scrooge. Played Scrooge yeah. yeah, he did a Christmas yep. Carol. And he was very, you know, you know. Oh, boiled with his own pudding and peppy with a steak of Ollie through his heart. You know, he was very yeah. like that kind of. Dude, was, that was pretty good. Well, thank you. Thank <laughs> you. But, you know, he he was kind of a more subdued and quiet. He, 
he got a little loud in a couple parts, but um, man, just masterful job of acting. Because I mean, if he doesn't do a good job, this movie doesn't doesn't right. fly. Because he's he's ninety percent of it. Yep, he's in focus the whole time. And let me say now off of that because he's my name. He's the number one reason that I absolutely love this movie. Um, Horgal, I love this movie. I am so oh, happy I so watched glad. it. I loved this movie, and I think it's just because of that portrayal, that acting that he did. But like we all said, it's like he's not even acting. It's just so right, natural. It's just like he's that guy. And, yeah, and, and, you don't and go it into feels it real. As, yes. Right. Yeah. It feels and, so real. And God bless him. Uh, he's supposed to be like 51, 52. That's what he was in this at the time of filming. He right. was like 51. 50. He looks about 70. Yes, he does. <laughs> he, yeah. he was like, good Lord, this man is way too old for that wife and kid. Yeah. But, yep. but, but he just made you not even think about that. No, oh, I know. You know yeah, he, I had of, to say that. <laughs> I think we all have to really stress the point of how good George C. Scott is at, in this role. Yep. That's a main part of it. Yep. Uh, come on, give me some more horror gal. Oh, well, I mean, I, I think on a trivia-esque moment, the fact that Trish Vandeveer, uh, who plays Claire, is his real-life wife at the time, like his fifth wife, I think, or something like that. Really? <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. yeah, but that's his real-life wife. So I feel like maybe that kind of, I don't know, made it Added. easier to right. kind of just be, quote-unquote, relaxed and himself and that sort of thing in some of these scenes and interacting and i like that in this movie they didn't try to make it about they didn't try to do like subplots like oh he's falling in love with her and all this kind of stuff they didn't deal with all that they were like okay you know what this is like my partner in crime and we're going to deal with this and then maybe later we'll fall in love but it's kind of kind of like kind of like star wars the force awakens it's like you know escape now hug later and i like that they did it like that you know they didn't focus too yep. much on it. They 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 hinted to it, but they didn't pull your focus. Your focus was always still on what is going on in this house, what and why. And then the fact that you know they have to kind of go on this fact finding mission, and it's kind of like a mystery, and it just seems very real. And I think that's the thing. Just like you said with the acting, that just makes it so real because you could see yourself or anyone you know going right. through something like this. It's almost like I got the feeling that I, I'm not supposed to be watching it. That's how real it felt. Do you know what I mean when I say it's like we're yeah, watching something yeah. we're not supposed to be watching with the way that camera is, like you said, like how it's moving through and how everything is a character, even if it's a wall in the background. Right. The ball. The ball is a the character. Ball. Exactly. And it's like, you know, you, you see the ball and then – you know, the thing is, is it, they did everything so realistically, like, you know, he's trying to put it out of his mind. So he's moved. He's trying to escape and run away from this tragedy that happened to him. But then he, all of a sudden he's sitting there looking through photo albums and right. he's and he keeps talking about that ball. So then he decides he's I'm going to you know what? I've got to stop focusing on this. I'm losing my mind. I'm thinking that stuff, you know, has everything to do with my with my dead you know wife and kid. So I'm going to take this ball that was my daughter's. I'm going to drive over. And I'm going to throw it off the edge. And he throws it over the over the railing into the water, and then he drives home, and the ball is back. Yes. And, and isn't isn't the ball really wet? No. Yes. Yeah, and yeah, and you really know. Ugh. Okay, you know what? This is that some real. This is really happening. Something is a foul here. <laughs> yeah, and, <laughs> and, it, and it doesn't go over the top with like, oh, I'm seeing a ghost coming down the stairs. No, it's just this. All of a sudden, it's there. It's kind of like you know. 
like mm. a like a Chucky or a doll thing. The doll, would, no, I left it sitting over there. Now yes. it's over here. No, I did. I left it over there. You know, like even in the trailers for the boy, you know, no, look, watch, I'm going to draw a chalk line around this doll. I'm going to open the door and it's going to be gone. And that, that kind of thing where it messes with your mind, like, okay, I know I just drove and I just threw this over the edge of the rail into the water. And now here it is. Something is really wrong. Like, you know, I, I like the way they did it. Um, yeah, uh, some of the music was great and spot on and I loved it. And some of it was a little bit cheese, but it was the seventies cause this was, I filmed, love it. Mm-hmm. this was filmed like in 78, 79, and then it was released in 80. So, and, yeah, you know, and it, it, to me, it was even different, um, horror gal, even though it was seven, which even makes it even better to me is who the, the composer, um, Rick Wilkins, his name is he 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 even though it has that 70s type vibe it's it's different though and that's why i really enjoyed it mm-hmm. he tried something new and it worked yeah i mean i <clears throat> i've got the score as is a, a major like on mine it was creepy and it was also sad yeah um, very depressing the screeching violins the the, the soft piano um i, I just think that I, i'm just going to keep going with with some likes here but the themes of this movie, the the theme of grief, Maybe. loss of a, loss of loss of a child, um, and you know this this guy is like like Susan said he's 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 running he's moving all the way across country. Yeah, to, tell to, people what happened, right? So yeah, well, I mean the the beginning of this movie is, I mean, it's just jaw dropping. Um, yeah, just just leading <clears throat> up to them showing the title of the film, I love the way they did all that. Yeah, that's I mean, another like, yep. This is this is just uh, the the prologue. You know, you've got George C. Scott and his wife and his daughter, young daughter, and they've obviously had some some car issues, and they're they're pushing their car to uh, in the snow. Yeah, in the snow, they're they're obviously going on some ski vacation. They're you know, but you know what? It's showing that even though they're you know, in a situation where they're got a car broken down, they're laughing. They're having fun as a family. They're, they're a happy family. Feels real. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, they push the car off to the side and, and thank God for the, the best phone booth location of of all time. (laughs) I was like, where the heck? Yes. I have that down as a dislike. I mean, I'm, I'm, like, that they, I'm just right next to it. No, I, I know that that's, <laughs> that seems like foreign to us, but they actually did have phone booths yeah, they on long stretches too. because people would break down or whatever. No one had a cell phone back then. It didn't exist. So, you know, that was there. And then, again, again, we're spoiling the crap out of this. His wife and his daughter are, are, are killed because of a... a a station wagon or a car that's going out of control and a and a daggone snow plow that's going seventy five miles an hour on the ice. I mean, I don't know why it's going that fast. <laughs> and it just flattens them. It just, I mean, I'm like, oh my gosh. And yeah. he's in the phone booth, and that's the other thing. Oh, it's like book. they could have they could have had him go down the road to a phone booth and come back to find them. No, they put him like right there where he can see them and he can't get to him and he can't do a damn thing about it. And to me, that was even freakier. And you yeah, see, he, he's trying to get out of the phone, but he, he can't because yeah. he sees it because coming. the doors open in and all that crap. Yeah. He sees it coming. It's like slow motion oh, to him. He brutal. Knows it's going to happen, and uh, he's helpless. But you know, just the the grief and and he he goes to to this place to to 
take like the new position uh, at his alma mater, you know, to to teach music because he's a composer, and he's he seems to be very well off. He seems to be kind of a popular or semi-famous composer, and he's gonna stay at this house because he wants some some Solemn. to room around and 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 to 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 compose because you know a lot of times people who are musicians. He's going to compose to get that grief out. You know, he's going to yep. he's going to just have a time of, of, of healing in there is what he's looking for. And, you know, he starts having these experiences with with this ghost just trying to to communicate with him. And the, the one, the real estate lady, the the secretary lady, she said that house doesn't want anybody to live in it. And I think that might have been the case, but I think because of his grief and, and, and I think this, this, this boy ghost, this Joseph, I think he sensed, you know, this guy's grief and his story. And this, this was why he was allowed to stay there. And he was right, right, right. there because and why, and why he felt like safe to try to contact him to yeah. help him. Like he it, knew that he would help him. Yeah. This wasn't, this wasn't like, you know, Joseph's just trying to have some company or Joseph is just, you know, trying to have some scares and some fun. No, he 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 wants to reach out because finally somebody's here who might be able to help because maybe he has gone through some some tragedy of his own and he's willing to to help. But uh and I think that a lot of a lot of times my brother had said, "Yeah, I don't think he's scared enough for what's been going on." And here's my take Russell, right? Uh, John Russell is his name, and and his yeah. grieving process. He's he's hurting so bad. I mean, I, th- I think it's been only two months, right? I mean, it's yeah. been yep. long. That ghost can't hurt him more than he's already hurting. Already. That's how I looked at it. You know, such I mean, an awesome exactly. Aspect. What 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 are you going to do? Exactly, I'm, exactly, and let and, him. Exactly, and let's be honest. Most most guys, especially in horror films. Most guys are the ones that will say, oh, no, it's probably just this or eh, it's yes. probably just that or it's fine. And it's a, why is there a final girl? Because she's always the one like, no, there's something wrong. OK. <laughs> and that kind of thing. And so, you know, there's probably an element of that, too, where he's, you know, where you get you get scared for him when he's going up into the attic and doing all this. But by the same token, he's just kind of wandering in there like, he, you know, you can tell there's a part of him that's like maybe. But then he's doubting his mm-hmm. own thoughts about that kind of thing. Like, no, nah, it's just going to be whatever. Yeah, and so I I don't know, but I, I guess it goes back to his acting again. That he just portrayed that really well. Of you know, look, not, you know, I don't have anything left for you to take from me or to do to me. So who cares? Yeah. You know, I mean, and and just the the fact you know the ball coming down and stuff. I think that he's not freaked out at at, at the beginning because I think he thinks it's his daughter. Oh, yeah, absolutely! That's what I, thought. <clears throat> you know, absolutely. I think he thinks it's it's his daughter trying to communicate, and that's what intrigues him and makes him want to, you know, investigate more and pursue it. But you know, but just that again, the acting, the scene where where he's just laying in bed crying. Oh, yeah. You know, before that's, that's hard. That's and, hard to watch. Yeah, and, and you feel you, for him. You can just see, you know, the the pain, and he just when he wakes, you know, he gets up, and he does have tears in his eyes, and I don't know. If that's you know he was really crying, he's one of those actors that can really make himself cry, or if they just put some some water on, I don't know. But um, yeah, I, I, <laughs> so much stuff. What, I'm gonna what, hop in. More there. stuff, man. Go, go, Larry. I'm gonna hop in because 
I, I, I would think that you guys could uh, really agree with this. If you told me Stanley Kubrick did this, I would completely believe it. Yep. I like yep. that. I don't think you could get a higher. Uh, is there anything better than that compliment? Like, if you no. told me Stanley Kubrick did this, I would totally believe it. I mean, I mean, in the shot going up and down stairs and around, it's like Evil Dead and The Shining had a baby. I mean, except that's it. Except this happened before those. So <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. That's so, why yeah. I'm saying like, yeah, this, this is a trailblazer and a, a huge like for me is. It's it's different. Like we were just saying, like we just got into a lot of good stuff, uh, good discussion, and that's what makes it different for a ghost story. And you don't get that with these type of movies. I am so happy I got to see this movie. I, I can't believe I never watched it. And I'm telling you, I could do my likes forever. I just had such a fun time. It's not a fun movie. Just being able to watch this movie from the '80s and seeing how it was done and what routes they took and. You know, when you do a ghost movie, it's usually they'll they'll focus on one part of ghost, whatever the ghost aspect is. This movie hits every single one, mm-hmm. yeah, which is incredible. You know, the EVPs, the apparitions, the doors opening, the ball, the things moving, uh, trying to help a lost one uh, or a, oh, a and lost then one. and then come and then what about the creepy seance psychic lady? That's the best. That, part. I mean, when I was a kid, that scene yeah. stuck with me forever. The, I mean, it scared the crap out of me, and I to this day have never seen a movie where they have done any kind of a seance or anything like that, where there has been something that has just freaked me out with the writing and the. Yeah. Ri- I mean, that oh, spirit, I, spirit writing or whatever. Me. Yeah, yes. that best seance scene I think ever. I mean, I just yeah. it's so creepy and that. That that you know psychic or medium or whatever, and she's just just scribbling and she's just writing, you know. I, I just it. Right. This is a movie, and this doesn't happen very often because I don't know about you guys. We watch a lot of horror movies. It's hard to scare us. It's hard to creep us out. I've seen this movie many times. I was watching it again the other night. I still had goosebumps and hair standing on the back of my my uh, neck and stuff because it's that it's that unsettling. And um, you said the EVP, I mean, that scene where, where he's playing that tape back mm-hmm. and he hears, you know, Joseph, you know, the, mm-hmm. are you kidding me? And it's like, you the, can't believe it. He keeps going back. Yeah. And he keeps turning back. it up, turning it back. up, turning it up. Am I really hearing this? Turning it up. And I'm just like, which is which is again what any of us would really do, and well, so right. many so many movies forget that they take stuff for granted. Oh well, I play it and he hears Constantly. it and then he goes and does this and that. No, if you really played that and heard it, you'd be like, wait, 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 am I making this up in my mind? Let me just roll this back again. Let me, you know. <laughs> yeah. That's why I love that scene. He he's he like it, it just once again the realism. He's like, I can't. No, that didn't just say that. Let me rewind. Let me play. Yeah. Higher, lower. It, Amazing, 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 amazing. I guess that's all I could really say about it. I could literally just keep going on. Well, um, what? Come on, so, come in. Somebody. I got, I got some more because this, <clears throat> this movie hits home a little bit for me. Um, it's hard to just go through the whole story because, but again, spoilers. The fact that this little boy Joseph was killed by his own father. He was yeah. drowned in a bathtub. He was a. He was a a crippled boy who was not, um, you know, very healthy. He had a lot. He was very sickly, and I think the whole 
the whole point of it was the the if the 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 boy would not live to be 21 then his father's fortune he was very rich uh would not pass to him he it would go to charity so this was a the whole thing about the changeling his father killed him uh, drowned him because he he was already sickly and he didn't want to take the chance that he wasn't going to make it to 21 and he wanted his money going you know anywhere else and then he uh. replaced him with a boy out of an orphanage yep. and this was during world war one he sent the boy over to europe for 10 years and then when he came back he was 18 19 and he was he was miraculously healed and you know had gotten better while he was over there and no one would ever know because it's been 10 years you know, Amazing. so so now he would have, you know, this guy to to pass his fortune on. And um, this is, is this is the senator character. It says this is the um, Carmichael, Senator, 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 uh, <laughs> Senator Carmichael, played by Melvin Douglas, was tremendous. But I say all that to say the father who is going up, you know, we see this in, in the vision. We see it a couple times of the boy in the bathtub and the father just grabbing his legs and drowning oh, him. And, and the boy is helpless because he's, he's already disabled. He's crippled. And, and you guys might not know this, but I have a son that's in a wheelchair. Yes. I, I have a son who's disabled yes. and to see like somebody that has who, who is, I mean, my son's not helpless, but, you know, if I were to, I could easily overpower somebody like that and so, um, I guess, vulnerable. And just the fact that his father would do that to him is so sad and so frightening for this, for this helpless child. And I just kind of, I kind of, um, took that, took that part. Cause, wow. but, uh, yeah, so that was definitely something that, that got me, um, you know, into the story. Uh, I also like the fact that uh, this movie, at the end, everything's not wrapped up in a pretty little bow. Exactly. Right. You know, there, there's. Uh, I, I kind of feel. What did you guys think about um, the senator? Do you think he knew? I, I think he did, but I only seen this movie once. I got the feeling he did know. What do you think? I I got the feeling that he. He knew you know, something. it's kind of, well, it's kind of one of those things where you say where you meet someone and you go, well, they're kind of strange, but whatever. And then later on, you find out they did something creepy, and you say, oh my god, it all makes sense. It makes I, sense. I I feel like he had red flags that he thought something was weird, but he didn't really know. And then when George C. Scott comes in and tells him all of this, he doesn't want to hear it because he's used to being blackmailed and this and that because he's so rich. And then he realizes, no, he's telling the truth and he doesn't want to believe it. But once he sits there and he's thinking about it and he's thinking back to things probably that happened that put up a red flag to him at the time, he realizes that it really did happen. So I'm kind of on the in-between on that. I feel like he... He had inclinations that there was something, but he didn't know exactly what, and he didn't want to acknowledge it. He wanted to be in denial when it was put in front of his face. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of feel like, you know, at the, at the end, I mean, John Russell, George C. Scott, and, and, and Claire, they, I mean, they get away, and and but there's no, like, it's almost like sometimes when you're it's watching these over. movies, yeah, it's not over, but some of these movies, like, 
these ghosts who are asking for help, they're not really too grateful <laughs> when you give them the help. But, <laughs> right. Because, you know, he, he, uh, George C. Scott is is pushed over the rail and he's down on the floor and then the, the chandelier drop. I mean, is he trying to kill him too? I mean, this this is all out, goes from like sadness and despair now to like the rage. Yep. yep. You know, yeah. it's setting the house on fire and, and uh, you know, I just thought that it, it didn't even like, did it end well for the ghost? Because at the end, you got that the music box that pops back open. Yes. Does that? Yeah. No, the like, ghost is definitely Joseph is definitely still there. He still is, there. he is not leaving. He is not going anywhere. That's, yeah. So, like, did it really help? I mean, yeah. It's, um, that's what makes it so great that they we went through this, um, hoping for a finale, and you don't get that. Yeah. Which adds to it. Yeah, I, I thought so because a lot of these movies they they just try to wrap everything up, you know. In a pretty, like you said, in a pretty little bow. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, I'm just gonna say that I mean I agree with everything you guys are saying. The sweeping camera work, uh, the feeling of like the spirit moving through the house and that kind of thing, the atmosphere being so thick with with dread and, uh, and yes, there are lots of you know what what we would call horror um, haunted house cliches. You know things going coming down the steps and whatever, and I mean, good lord, the music box was creepy. And here, here's another question: Wasn't the music in the music box the same he was composing? Yes. Yeah, yeah. That That's was why the, I that was the it. whole thing. Yeah, that was the whole thing because he had composed that. And she had been over there that day and said, oh, that's great. You know, and he's like, oh, I'm just writing this. And then after he finds the music box and he plays it, he realizes that's what he wrote. And he plays them together for her and says, no, you know, I never heard that when I wrote that. And it's like the same. It's in the same key. It's the same everything. So, you know, at that point, you know that, you know, Something's Joseph's on, right? spirit is trying to to get to him. Yeah. So, you know, has has already been trying to get to him, you know. So, so weird. Just little things like that. That... I mean, who thought of that? That is awesome. That's what I mean. You know, that, that's why this, it's so great. Yeah. And then um, I, I just want to say this, but this is a horror movie for adults. Yeah, it's oh, a thinking movie. Yeah, definitely, I mean, definitely. When I, if you're if you're a little kid that's like an adult, like I was, then you're gonna love it because I loved it then, and mm-hmm. I never stopped loving it. So, but but so, you know yeah. what I mean? I mean, I'm not yeah. saying that a kid might not like it, but you have to be a certain type of person like Susan I, I see that you you might be the kind of person that you ever heard of somebody who's like an old soul Oh I definitely am Yeah I mean you yeah. you just you know you probably got things at a at an earlier age than most kids but a horror movie for adults I think after this Hollywood kind of moved away from making these kind of movies the Changeling the Exorcist Rosemary's Baby the Omen the Shining these are all movies that you know, and I think they abandoned them for quicker, cheaper turnaround right. you know, stuff movies. geared towards young right. people. And, and let's face it, we yeah. we love some of those too. We love sure. a lot of those. Sure. Um, but I but I think we can make both. And I, I don't think that and we should. Yeah, and I don't. I, I think that I think they're kind of getting back to that. You know, with with Babadook and and It Follows and The yes, Witch and some right. of those movies and. And again, some people who are in horror hate those movies, but I mean, I I love we having movies like like this because mm-hmm. I could watch this over and over again. It's just you know, it, it, it's something that another thing that I liked about it, um, 
unless I'm gonna I'm not gonna say it because I want somebody else to say something because I don't want to take it from somebody else. But no, say it. Well, we could talk about it. I, I like the fact. Yeah, we, that, uh, this this one we've all kind of gone rogue and we're all just like, yeah, yeah, and then this yeah. and then that. So, so good. why yeah. not? Because it's a good movie, people. It's like this yeah. was instrumental to me, like Halloween. Like yes. this was was almost as instrumental to me in my love of horror as Halloween. I mean, it it stood out so much. So. Um, so yeah, so, so you say it, I, I like, you know, <laughs> yeah. talking about, you know, the IMDB categories being, you know, fantasy, horror, whatever. There's no fantasy here. I don't know what that is all yeah, about, but, but I would say, first of all, this is a horror movie. Second of all, this is a mystery and, and, a, and a thriller. It actually mm-hmm. almost becomes sort of like a detective. It is a detective. Like, yeah. Uh, because he's trying to figure out you know, what happened and he goes and he digs up this, you know, um, this well and this other, this other property and finds the boy and it, and it, and it's, there's just more depth to it. It's not just this guy at a house and he keeps getting scared and he brings in a priest to you know, throw some stuff around and, and say some prayers. And then like the ghost, you know, I mean, it, it's right. It's more than that. There's a lot more depth to it. And, and I enjoyed that because you don't, you don't get much of that. Um, I, I think that, you know, I think that um, we just need to make more movies like this. Um, I totally agree. I wish we did. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we we are pounding it. I I really, I just loved it. I am so happy I got to see it once again. So I could let it lay like that. What yeah. else? Yeah, I mean, I think we've said everything. Tons. I mean. Without, if you haven't seen this movie, we don't want to sit here and just lay it all out for you because it's I want meant to, to be watched. It's meant to be watched. I mean, go watch this movie and watch it in the dark. Don't don't watch it, you know, on your iPhone or something like that. Watch it in the dark. Pay attention. Watch it on the biggest screen. Turn the sound up mm-hmm. and, and pay attention. Don't like be checking your email or any of that. It's not that type of movie. You gotta, right. You gotta watch because the, there's little things. And, 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 you know, like I said, I've seen a lot of times and I don't even remember that scene you were talking about with, where he was playing the song for the, the, the lady with the music box. I mean, I, I was thinking that's the same thing, but I don't, I didn't remember that scene, but you know what I'm saying? I mean, just, Oh yeah. Yeah. Every, every scene. Yeah. Every scene matters in this. Every, literally you skip ahead two minutes in this and you're going to miss something that later on will be important if not immediately. So it is a, a, you know, it is a a thinking movie. So it's not, it's not like, you know, a a slasher where you kind of know what you're getting and, and you can do other things and still know what's happening. I mean, we all love Friday the 13th, but if you go out of the room and come back, you still know that Jason is going to be killing some teenagers in the woods. Yeah, with this, you have to make that commitment that I'm going to sit here for an hour and 47 minutes and I'm going to pay attention because yeah. you're really going to enjoy it if you do. But if you don't, you're, you're not, not even going to get it. You're not, you're not going to get gonna, it. You're not going to get the impact. Yeah. I, I think that something very similar. I mean, if you like this movie, I think you might like uh, Burnt Offerings. Uh, and I think you might like, uh, was it um, the haunting? You yes, know, from the from was mm-hmm. it the early sixties or was yep. it was it the fifties? Yep. I forget. It was the late fifties. It was late fifty-eight, 50s. I think. But I mean, same kind of vein. But 
Uh, I, I just can't say enough good stuff about the movie. And um, I mean, we want to move into dislikes. I think it'll be a short little segment. Yeah. Before we get into like um, some of the trivia, which is some cool stuff. Yeah, I'm. I'm actually. I'll hop in with dislikes because I really don't have dislikes. It's that same thing that horror gal said on the earlier our new film review. Uh, we are still here. Just a disclaimer: if it, if it, it's a it's a slower burn movie, it's a it's more like a detective story. So if you're not into that, and you my guys might be think we're crazy saying how we love it, but. Movies like this, I just get, and I love to sit here and think and try and figure things out, especially these older type films, and this ghost story, man, it is the perfect way to put it on screen, so even if, I want to just say, even if you don't like slow burn movies, you still need to try out this film, please, please try it out, I think you're you're really missing out, and it's not it's not fair to look at it in that light, so just know that. Yeah, I mean, I, it's a slow burn Without ever being like boring, I don't. It, I don't. There's always I, something I was never, going on. I was never bored. Me neither. Me neither. Yeah, there's always there's always tension and some sort of dread or creep factor that's that's in there, you know. Yep. And and one more thing, the bloody or gore. If you're a bloody, gory, gorehound movie, that's all you like. You're not getting that here. I just yep. want that. These are just disclaimers. I have to put them in a dislike category because there are listeners out there that can't stand this. There's a lot of type of subgenres I can't stand in horror. Um, just I want you guys to know that. That's it. That's all I got. Yeah. So come on in, uh, Mark Nato, with your dislikes. I mean, the, the, these are again not really dislikes. Just some things that I noticed. Um, I mean, some of the editing transitions from scene to scene can be a bit choppy. I think that's more a product of its time. I could see that. Mm -hmm. Kind of the way movies were made back then. Um, It it almost seems like uh, this could be a really, really well done made for TV movie. You know what I'm yeah, saying? It, well, it, I think it's kind of like some of the movies back then, they wanted to be able to go to television later to get more money and more royalties. Yeah. So yep. they kind of pre-put in where they would put in commercial breaks by putting these kind of yep. harsh edits. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's the same thing. Burn Offerings, you know, Eyes of Laura Mars, Let's Scare Jessica to Death. These were all like made-for-TV horror movies, Night, Dark Night of the Scarecrow. Scarecrow, yeah. These are all great horror movies that were made for TV, and I think this has a similar feel. I mean, it definitely was not a made-for-TV because we'll talk about the, the budget and the the actual um, sets and all that, but, I mean, very... Uh, I mean, it, it can be a little dated at the beginning, you know, with kind of the way it comes on with the opening credits. Um and, uh, and uh, some of the post-audio work, which I thought for Claire, Trish Vandeveer, uh, it sounded like um, she was dubbed in. Oh, you got that out of that? Oh, yeah. Pretty much the whole movie. Like, I didn't feel that way with, with George C. Scott or anybody else. But whenever she spoke, I was like, mm, maybe just like she went in post and and – Dub that in? I don't know. Maybe they didn't have a good mic on her and they felt like they needed to. But that was, again, it didn't take me out of the movie. It was just a thing that I noticed and I was like, okay, well, whatever. Right, right, right. Yeah, but that that's it. That, yeah. That's the only thing that I have for, for nitpicks, not dislikes. And can awesome. I just say, uh, is it microfish? 
come on now. Any movie with Michael Fish? I mean, who didn't want to be a detective and go to the the Dagon Library and look through the Michael Fish? Yeah. Oh, let's look through the papers from seventy years ago and find out who can. You know, I I like movies with Michael Fish. Anyway, anyway. (laughs) You had you had to get that out there. Yes. Okay, horror gal. Do you even have a dislike? Um, you know, mine is is the same. Just like you said, uh, disclaimers. Um, you know, now maybe. A couple of the times that Joseph's voice is in there, it's a, it's a tiny bit um, contrived, but it yeah, I could see it that do, too. Yeah, it, it doesn't it doesn't take away my love for this movie at all. So I metal. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And you know what's funny? I have no nostalgia base on this, and I loved it that much. <laughs> and that's pretty. I think that's pretty cool because it's hard to do that like your love of it you said goes back to you being younger seeing it i i don't have that connection and i still loved it just as much as you i think that's a pretty good movie mm-hmm. yeah i yeah i just i don't know you know it was one of those things it was you know my my friend we were we were sitting there watching tv and you know she had cable and we were looking through the little thing and it's like okay let's you know let's watch this and it, it was it was kind of random at the time, you know. You're a kid or whatever, and we we're like, "Oh my god, this is so." Glad you did. <laughs> awesome. Anything you, else? Then you didn't sleep for a couple of days. Any right. other dislikes you mean? No, not from me. I'm okay. I'm loving this movie. I just do. I love it. How about so. some trivia? Um. Oh, I've got some trivia. So do the, I. Go go for the, it. Though. The whole front of the house as amazing as it looks and as it's filmed was completely a facade that they put on a modern house in Vancouver, Canada. So that entire front of the house was a complete just faux facade. And then they actually filmed everything on sound stages. And um, so the actual quote unquote house doesn't really exist. (laughs) Yeah, but that even makes it more incredible for the type of work they put it. They made it feel like a house. Well, I was listening to uh, an interview with with the director, and he wasn't the first choice for director. I forget who was some guy that never made anything out of himself, not like me. But uh, <laughs> but the guy the guy who wanted who was originally slated to direct wanted to do it in black and white. And oh. Uh, yeah, I don't know how that, but the studio was like, no, no, we're not doing that. And then he was like, uh, picking this house that he wanted to do, and and they didn't feel like that house was creepy at all. So when That's they finally wild. got, when they finally got um, the director, what was his name? Um, Peter. Uh, Peter. I have it closed out. Peter Medic. Peter Medic. When they finally got got him, he said, okay, we're definitely doing it in color. And he said, I don't like this house, so I need another million dollars to build the sets and to put a facade on. And they they gave him another million dollars. So that facade, the front of the house, cost $200,000 to do. Whoa. And then the other 800000 went into building the set. And basically, there's a soundstage, but it was it was laid out like a house. All the, the rooms were huge and wide, and, and you, they, they connected and moved just like, you know, because they wanted yeah. to do those sweeping shots on a dolly. So, like, it looked like the, the spirit was moving through. And, uh, I, man, that was, a, that was a phenomenal set. 
I mean, that, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And if you notice, they they really shoot the outside of the house from down low. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it kind of like is looking up at it, but. I mean, and it and it works even better too for that whole you know horror factor is that it makes the house just seem you know overbearing and and larger. Yeah, you than know life. something's wrong, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We have we have absolutely dug this one up. <laughs> Anything else? Um, I just have that uh, the writer Russell Hunter that he actually. This was based on his experience um, at the Henry Treat Rogers Mansion in Denver, Colorado. And there's a whole history on that if you guys look that up, um, the Henry Treat Rogers Mansion. And it's it's got people that say things did happen, didn't happen, what have you. But for for good, bad, or indifferent purposes, supposedly he stayed there and this was based on his experiences there because he kept hearing the sound and it is supposedly haunted. So you can Google that for people who want to get into trivia. So. Yeah, well, they said it's been uh, torn down now, that house, the uh, Henry Treat Rogers Mansion. So boo. Yeah, I got to look that one up. That sounds a very yeah. interesting. Uh, yeah. Did you know that George C. Scott and Trish Vandiver, we did say that they were married, right? So Yeah, yeah. she was his fifth wife. But they, he had one wife twice, so maybe four. I don't know. <laughs> one wife twice. No, I, you guys, I Wikipedia'd it. Because when it said that she was his fifth wife, I'm like, wait, wait, wait. I knew she was his wife. I didn't know she was his fifth wife. That's and he married much. the same woman twice. And he was also, I guess, like romantically involved with Ava Gardner, Gilda, for people who don't know, um, that kind of thing. So, well, yeah, I don't know. he was... A devastatingly handsome man. So. There you go. Uh, <laughs> he just looked eighty, but yes, yes. And then uh, <laughs> I guess some people don't even realize what the the title of the movie means. But the changeling, it's like a, a like European folklore. Uh, it's kind of like a creature that would, um, you know, it'd be an offspring of like a fairy or a troll or elf or whatever. And then they would they would come and they would replace. They would swap. They would yeah. change a human child for that, and, and it would, you know, look like the child, but it wouldn't be. It would be a changeling. So that's where it comes from. You know, the the, the father killed and swapped his child with a, with an orphan. You know, so. But uh, yeah, I, I just, you know, really, really good movie. It's so much. There's a lot of trivia and stuff, but we're going on, you know, two and a half getting going to be three hours yeah. here so we i gotta wanna... get up in a couple, couple hours yeah. yeah so yeah don't don't mis- mistake this for changeling which is 2008 directed by clint eastwood starring angelina jolie it's uh still a good movie not a hard yeah, it's movie. not it's not that one but this one uh it, this particular one is on martin scorsese's top 11 scariest movies of all time ever yeah and i want to know this so. who does a top 11 I know. My heck? guess is my guess is maybe he did a top twenty and it came in at eleven and that's why they stay at stayed it like that. But I could be wrong. I don't know. No, I think it was just because Martin Scorsese. 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 You sound like me trying to. Pronounce. <laughs> Martin Scorsese can do what he wants. He just wanted to, be, he just wanted to be different. Did he want to be like this? Is Spinal Tap? He wanted eleven. Yeah. That's right. Mine goes to eleven. But uh, yeah. So I, let's let's rate it. Yeah. Go ahead. Come in. Who, me? Uh, 
No, I'll do it. I'll, yeah, I'll give it. A, I'll we give all it, know what my ratings. I'll give it a two and a half. Ahead. Two and a half out of ten. <laughs> That's no, fair. No, I I give this thing a nine and a half out of ten. Uh, it's one of my. You know, I don't. I don't even know how it's not in my top ten of horror movies. But, I think but, I'm just gonna get off of the show because we always have the same. <laughs> I think we're just. I, I, you guys don't need me anymore. Yeah. There's so, not, once again, Mark Nato, I there, echo. There's, there's not a lot to dislike about the movie, and, and just that point five is only taken off because really there's only a few movies that I'm going to rate it a perfect 10 out of 10. And Yep. Oh, my God, you guys. Did you do the same thing? Yeah, because there's only one movie that gets a 10, and that's it's Halloween. Halloween. Sure. So sure. I give it a 9.5 as well. So we are like the trifecta of 9.5 on this yeah. one. <laughs> All across the board, a purchase, 9.5. Yeah. Go, go uh, I know you can get it like from Netflix or um, Amazon. Like They have to send you the disc. It's not streaming. And then you can go on Amazon. It's, it's kind of hard to find on DVD unless you order it offline like Amazon. You're not going to go to like walmart and find the changeling on yes. dvd but please come out with a blu-ray i know yes, please. i'm waiting scream for factory scream factory what is scream up? factory i mean scream while, factory you're my the, favorite all <laughs> the daggone directors still living i mean can you please come out with with a blu-ray with some special features and stuff i mean i don't yeah. i don't know that why would, we're waiting Absolutely. So, nine. Factory, Arrow, Synapse, any anybody that we Grindhouse, <laughs> somebody please. Yeah. So I'd say this is probably the highest rated movie. So uh, far. based on all three of us, yes, yeah. Yeah. by yes. far, by yes. far. Let's go. That's a that's a twenty eight and a half out of thirty. Yeah, that's pretty substantial. That's amazing. Yeah, I'm so happy I got to see it once again. Yeah. I, I, believe it or not, there's a lot of movies that were on my bucket list and. Horror guy, when you were saying your top movies, you always said you always brought the changeling up and how you wanted to review it, and we yep. finally got to it. So, okay, guys, that's going to do it for our reviews on this episode. But please join us in another two weeks where we will be reviewing Mark's picks. And Mark, tell the people what you picked. All right. Well, our older movie is going to be uh, an '80s slasher classic that I don't think any of us have seen, which is 1981's Just Before Dawn. I've heard good stuff about it and want to watch yes. it. And then to heck with it, we're going to ask everyone just to watch it on YouTube. We're going to review 2014's Clown, which is produced by Eli Roth. Not directed, but pr- produced. Uh, 2014 Clown. There you go. Two awesome picks. That is going to be an exciting episode. And before we sign out, we sincerely want to thank all you listeners, uh, our amazing, amazing HorrorCast listeners. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to hear more, please go to iTunes, Stitcher, any of where we're at out there, and please subscribe to our podcast. And before we sign out, we sincerely want to thank you, all of our amazing HorrorCast listeners. If you did enjoy this episode and would like to hear more, please go to our iTunes or Stitcher and subscribe to our podcast. Please feel free to leave us a review. Guys, if you're wondering why I'm laughing, it's because I can't get that out. Please, I say peas. I must be hungry. Okay. And (laughs) that would really help get our name out to the world, though. Uh, Also, if you would like to stay current on our podcast, and we really hope that you do, uh, even if you'd like to ask a question, make a comment on our episode, send a request for review, would like to join in as a guest, and yes, we will do that. We want more guests on. Or if you'd just like to pop in and say hello, 
Mark, where could the people find us? Check us out. Uh, email us at askthehorrorcast.com. Uh, not dot .com, but at gmail.com. And then you can uh, follow us on Twitter at, at the HCast. You can also check us out on Facebook. We have a Facebook page, uh, The Horrorcast. Just look us up and, uh, you know, post on there. We will definitely, uh, uh, you know, converse with you on there. And a lot of times we'll just sign, you know, Mark Nato or Walsh or whatever so you know who's who's uh, coming back at you. But, uh, yeah, any of those, and I know uh, everyone's got their own personal emails they'll give you too, but mine's my personal email is uh, themarknado at gmail.com. There you go. Horror Gal, where can the people find you? Uh, pretty much on all social media. I'm Horror Gal Susan. Um, on YouTube, my address is youtube.com uh, forward slash Horror Gal Susan. And email is horrorgalsusan at gmail.com. Very good. I know you just hit a big milestone on YouTube. With Congratulations. I wanted to congratulate you. That's oh, a big deal. You. Yeah, it's really thank cool. You. Very, very cool. And that's going to do it. But remember... This podcast is all killer, no filler, and please stay scared. My dog balls right off. I don't care. Uh, please feel free to even read <laughs> Please feel free to Martin Scorsese, Scorsese, but doobie. <laughs>